What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Scott here. Uh, so I got a really awesome episode here for you. So I was invited on Ernest Hancock's show, Declare Your Independence. And so it's an epic three-hour conversation. Um, I just wanted to give it a prequel here because uh, he didn't get a chance to plug his show. I asked him after the fact, hey, is it cool if I release this on my end? He's like, yeah, I just wish we would have plugged my stuff. I'm like, dude, I'll do an intro. No problem. You guys, Ernie's a legend, a legend in the game. Like, if you don't know, you got to look him up, man. He's just been in this since freaking like like 20 years now. You know what I mean? One of the original OGs. He's doing so much for the Freedom Liberty community. Um, just such an inspiration, such an honor to be on his show. So I definitely wanted to give him a shout out. So the main website is Freedoms Phoenix. Freedoms, plural, F-R-E-E-D-O-M-S, Phoenix, P-H-O-E-N-I-X.com. Freedomsphoenix.com. You're going to see the links uh, to pretty much everything. He's got so much going on on the website, so make sure you go check it out. Subscribe to his newsletter. He does a daily newsletter. Um, it's just nonstop truth bomb. Such a great, excellent, overwhelming, awesome resource with lots of uh, awesome interviews as well. So um, he's been doing this forever. He does an actual paper, like an actual newspaper, like a real legitimate, like, you can hold in your hand type of newspaper. So you can subscribe to that on there. Um, just please go check out freedomsphoenix.com. Uh, the show declare your independence. Um, he's got a sub URL. It's freedomsphoenix.com forward slash declare dash your dash independence dash with dash earnest dash hancock.com. Or you can type in declare your independence with earnest hancock.com. So he's got the long URL, but that'll take you to the, the webpage with all the, the interview links and everything. And then, uh, of course, he's got PiratesWithoutBorders.com. PiratesWithoutBorders.com. Uh, go check it out. It's just epic. You'll see. You'll see. You just got to go check it out to see. It's good stuff. So, yeah, you guys, such an honor to be on, uh, you know, the pirate ship, uh, Ernie Hancock, and uh, Declare Your Independence. So without further ado, here's the show. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here. Let us make them remember. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of beard. Out of beard, out of beard, out of beard, out of beard. You have to declare. You're independent of me, Ernest Hancock. We're in Boise, Idaho now on our way up to Northport, Washington. Yeah, lots of stuff waiting off. We're doing, Donna and I are pedaling as fast as we can. Because uh, we're having two different vehicles. You got a trailer with some equipment on it and a stamp press for making the geodesic dome struts. And I got the Jeep behind, you know, the bus. And we're going as fast as we can. This is um, normally we travel together. We get a lot of work done. You know, one of us driving and the other one's um, doing work on the site or watching movies or sleeping or whatever the hell we want to do. And we can get a lot of distance. But we're only doing like five, six hours a day, which means like 300 miles between you know, so you got, you know, now we're getting there, you know, and we're Boise. So we could probably, if we really pushed it, we could be where we want to go tomorrow. Nah, we'll get there Sunday probably. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what's happening. Well, 
the trip has, you know, pushed off, you know, just being where you got internet and stuff. Starlink, I got somebody said, goes it, Mark Watson, you know, float guy, you know, that does the um, uh, float podcasting um, channel. He uh, sent me, he goes, yep, you can get RV situated uh, Starlink now from SpaceX. So I'm going, uh, cool. You know, we can do, so I'm just like, eh, you know, we'll see. I, I don't know how far up uncle Sam's butt Elon Musk is and how many digits or, you know, my digitals are going to the man through Starlink or not, whatever, but it'd be better if it worked because now we got two SIM cards with a net gear over AT&T. We got, uh, had a nomad internet, which we just had that screw up, man. I got tired of it. Even though I had unlimited, hardly ever worked. And that was T-Mobile. And we got a hotspot over there with Verizon, plus a T-Mobile phone, two Verizon phone. I got like seven, oh, and a um, Wi-Fi that we operate off of Raspberry Pi there from Wimber. I got like seven, eight different ways to get on the internet, and they all suck, okay? <laughs> so now we're like uh, looking for, we're going to be up somewhere where they have Starlink up there. So hopefully we might be able to even do more live shows on the network and so on. Cause that's why we haven't been doing that. Cause you got to be at the right place at the right time and not have to be anywhere. And half your day is gone doing whatever. So it's better. We do podcasts more in the evening when we're pulling over anyway. Now we had uh Scott Armstrong scheduled a few days ago and we had to push it off till today. And he was cool about that because uh, I really wanted to talk to him and I was limited time and how it just better that we can do it. Uh, today, Friday, and it worked out for his schedule too. Now, Scott Armstrong, I met at Float Fest. Now, at Float Fest, there was, um, um, you know, a gathering. This was his first year. He, he was impressed. And, uh, you know, we got to talking. And I said, oh, well, that, 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 we'll do this conversation on the radio on the show. We'll do that. Scott is a host and producer of Rebunk Podcast. Now, we're going to ask, you know, why it's called Rebunk and get a good story there. Broadcasting out of the last American Vagabond Studios in Franklin, Tennessee. He is the former host and producer of the Truthzilla podcast. You can find links to his show at rebunked.news. Now, the last American Vagabond Studio. Okay, that, that, that sounds familiar. That's like somebody. Are you sharing studios with someone or how's that working, Scott? <clears throat> yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, down here in lovely Franklin, Tennessee. Well, first of all, Ernie, thank you so much for having me on. When I met you, when I met you at Float Fest, I was like, I wanted to approach you and be like, hey, I want to have you on the show, on my show one of these days, if you ever get a moment. And you're like, oh, hey, I'll give my card to Donna and we'll just get you on the show one of these days. I'm like, oh, 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 okay, great. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, yeah, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. So cool. So cool. No, I look but, forward to going on yours, too. You yeah. Know, we, we all got to cross promote. Totally. You know, this is, but, um, you know, out of the last American Vagabond yeah, 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 studio. Yeah, yeah, so, that. yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> so Ryan, Christian, uh, the last American Vagabond, um, he's just, you know, I've, I've just looked up to him for so long, like his level of journalism and his coverage of just, you know, everything, particularly the last couple of years uh, with COVID. Obviously, just, you guys are close together. You live near each other. Well, th- well, that's the thing is like, 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 uh, I, I, I was, when you met me at Float Fest, I was literally on my way to Nashville, Tennessee from Oregon. So I born and raised in Oregon and, uh, <clears throat> I decided it was time to get out and I timed my exile to coincide with being able to swing down and attend float fest and then arrive here in Nashville. So I literally just moved to Nashville like three weeks ago. <laughs> and so, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and then, and, and part of that whole transition was, uh, you know, Ryan, uh, cause I've, I've done a couple shows with him and he just basically said, Hey, if you're going to be coming to Tennessee, cause I hadn't quite settled on a location yet. 
And he said, if you're going to be coming to Tennessee, if you end up in my area, you know, you can come and uh, use the studio and this and that. And I'm just like, okay, well then I guess that's where I'm going. So there you go. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. We made our studio available. Whoever wanted to use it. It's just kind of, you know, being in my house and down the hallway from my bedroom of whatever. That's why when we're building our new home, it's kind of going to be connected, but yeah. also isolated and sure. also cool. And also, 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 yeah. and we all get to use it and that'd be cool. So I'm hip to that. Uh, celebrating the awakening of humanity through conspiracy vindication. Sure. Oh, uh, we're going to spend some time on that. Yeah. A show by the guy who brought you the Truthzilla podcast. Mm. What's the difference between conspiracy theory and fact? About six months. You know, that is, amen, brother. You know, yeah. that was like, you know, we used to always say, what's the difference between a libertarian and an anarchist? I don't know, one or two election cycles if you're paying attention. I mean, yeah. you, you know, that kind of thing. So this yeah. stuff always happens. Uh, let's see. Join you as you venture into the strange new world and explore everything from conspiracy and geopolitics to solutions and healing, recovery, spirituality, and health. We will have plenty of laughs along the way, I promise. That's yeah. a good introduction. There you so, go. Scott Armstrong, um, rebunked podcast. Why did you call it rebunked? <clears throat> okay, well, so I launched this show, pivoted, like I said, from Truthzilla, um, which, uh, you know, anyway, besides that, yeah, pivoted to the new show, came in, trying to think of a new name, and, like, really what I've been seeing, you know, at that time, this is around January, it's just, like, so much of this stuff was, I mean, it was, like, kind of around the time that, like, you know, McCullough, Dr. McCullough had been on Rogan, and, like, some of this stuff was starting to be in a lot of ways, I guess, like, it almost felt like there was permission to talk about, like, possible vaccine injuries oh, so and stuff like that. Thing. So this yeah. is like a revelation of yeah, yeah. news that it's starting to come out then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really centered around the idea that, like, you know, all this stuff that you have been saying for the last two years in particular, oh, that's been debunked, that's been debunked. Now it's being reported as not only being true, you know, you got CNN, Lena Wynn coming on and saying, yeah, maybe cloth masks are just facial decoration after all. Like, it was like, lady, I've been saying that for two <laughs> years, right? So all of these things that you have claimed are debunked, now that they're being reported as true, what do we call that? I say we call it rebunked. There you go. So You know, that is, um, you know, the, the memes, you, you know it's over when the memes start coming out. And yep. Stuff like, um, you know, uh, I need new conspiracies. They're all true, you know? Yep. <laughs> So this is stuff that, that I tell you what makes it unique. And I, I want to see, you know, where you fall in this category. Um, what we've had in the past has been just a confidence that as activists and libertarians and political activists are just not stupid or not afraid or no fear, no fear. We just go, no, this is what I know. And this is how I know it. And this is what I experienced. And this one, you know, are you saying I ain't saying nothing? I'm not here to try and convince you. I'm here to try and make sure you understand why I'm so convinced. You know, mm. this is it. I'm not trying to convince you. You think you can fit. Don't care. I'm just telling you what my experience has been, what I have done, where I have been, what I have seen, the people I've talked to, what has come about, you know, over time. And this is why I'm convinced. You're not convinced. Okay. Mm. But I'm convinced and nothing you can say other than, you know, something really compelling yeah. and change my mind, you know? Mm -hmm. So having the confidence to do that, that's, that's something that I used to think that was normal and it's not, mm. you know, there aren't that many people that will just come out and go, nah, that's BS. You know, like it was, uh, I remember it was the Ides of March. It was March, mid March, around middle of uh, uh, March in 2020. When I came out and I go, 
this is a hoax. Mm-hmm. This, I've been through this stuff before. I've been around long enough. I've been doing this 30 something years. Let me tell you, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And they are definitely going to do all my, cause I've been through hell just in, you know, my lifetime, you know, uh, a Watergate and then, you know, uh, a ran Contra, um, uh, the savings and loan, you know, debacle, uh, Ruby Ridge, Waco, Oklahoma City, 9-11, you know, the financial crash in 08, 9. I mean, after a while, you start to see a pattern, you know what totally. I mean? You totally. Know? So what are the conspiracies or things that you go, ah, man, we rebunked something else again? I mean, what are some of the things that came to mind for you to even call it that? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, really just mostly centered around the, the COVID stuff, you know, like their, their lies are being exposed on a daily basis, and it's almost like, you know, they're having to use – so many lies to prop up another lie. And it's just like, like particularly the mask, the mask was a big one, you know, when they kind of walked that back and they started using terms like one way masking, like, well, as long as you have a mask on, then that's fine. Like we know that masks aren't effective at all. I mean, not at all, not statistically significant. That's like the medical terminology for masks in this context. And this is stuff that we, you know, like, like the, the studies that, that concluded this are like pre COVID that we could pull up studies pre COVID that show that masks don't, you know, do anything to help viral transmission, you know, quote unquote viral transmission. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we, we had, we, we knew all this, we've been talking about this the whole time. And so finally when they come around and they start reporting the same thing saying like, well, okay, yeah, I guess masks don't work. It's like, okay, rebunked, you know, stuff like, you know, with the Pfizer dump coming out, how that now you just have pages and pages and pages of adverse reactions. Whereas up until now, it's like, wait a minute, I thought this was the most safe and effective thing on the planet earth. Like you guys have been, been touting, unequivocally 100% without any hesitation that there is absolutely zero anything wrong with this injection and that everybody needs to take it or you don't deserve basic human rights now then but now they're coming on well okay yeah I guess we kind of did know that maybe maybe like 1200 people died in the clinical trial maybe I don't know like and so okay so you know whether or not it's still acceptable to talk about is still you know in question but the fact is, is that now it's at least out in the public and it's being reported, right? So it's things like that. And I've just anticipated as dark as things may seem to be getting, I feel like at the same time, a lot of this stuff is, you know, people are waking up to it. You know what I mean? And and then and it's becoming more and more apparent, the fraud, which is kind of scary because then they're going to get more and more desperate, like a caged animal. You know what I mean? And they're going to lash out in crazy different ways. But at yeah, the same time, this is, I, I want to talk, let's focus yeah. on that for yeah, a yeah. second. Because um, these guys, um, they get caught, and they don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, sociopaths just blame somebody else that somebody you're wrong. And uh, I mean, you know, look, we got video. They go, no, yeah, but this says right here, we got you said your very words. We got, uh, uh-uh. mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah, you know, they're just crazy. Why are you arguing with them? You know, mm-hmm. so I can see that there's so much of this, but they pivoted really fast. Yeah. It's like, you know, and masking NPCs, if they're just doing what if you had, boom, Ukraine. Yep. I mean, it was like on a dime, man, boom, Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, it'll be boom, something else, you know. What is the fundamental thing? They're going, oh, you'll dig this. Okay, this is a good where we can start. You can help me out on this. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, it was Wednesday, I had – um um, uh, David Horowitz on. I don't know. You ever heard of David Horowitz? Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he's like a guy, right? So I have a chance to interview him and I have like different people that I should get you on these lists. You get all these, you know, different interview requests. They want you to come. Oh, pick. I go, I just, you know, add this, 
guy on, you know, you can get that. And then you get these guys on too, you know? Yeah. yeah. And um, so um, they're always looking for somebody to talk to, you know, especially when they got a book coming out or something. Mm-hmm. I got, you know, some crazy high level people sell numbers in my phone kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So I have a Horowitz come on. It's the first time I've talked to him. Now I remember him because I'm old enough to remember when he was like a darling of the left, you know, he was like, you know, the left, this and that. And then he kind of does this neoconservative thing. And then he's like complaining that the Democrats, you know, where's the anti-war movement when you need them? They're not there. Oh, so you're not for going in Ukraine. Oh no, we got to freaking nuke the shit out of Putin. I mean, you know, so I'm just going, wow, man, where's the consistency here, you know? And what I really wanted from him and you and I can talk about as I was looking for someone that's been there, know where all the skeletons are buried, you know, know how the game is played in Washington, who's on the left, who's on the right, what are we really up against, what's the future, you know, them arguing back and forth, now it's quit it, and whichever book takes what side, I don't really care about. You know, blah, 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 blah. What are we really up against? Are we up against an entity, an organization, you know, an individual, a group of individuals, an ideology, a satanic religion? I mean, you know, what the hell are we up against? And he just had some jingoistic sayings that he wanted to make sure he got. All right. Say all your sayings. Get it on the record. You said, but I want to know this, you know, about that. I mean, no, they didn't want it done because it showed the inconsistencies. I was looking for the consistency of what we're up because I know he knows. I'm going, what are we up against? You know, who's the foe? What is, you know, it's, it's always some people against some other people and it's opinion. No, it's they, them, those won't leave us alone. And in every country, world economic, we rule you people, the military, industrial, banking, school, empire of, you know, against all the individuals around the planet, but they won't say it. Mm. Even though they know it, they know the people, they know the bodies are buried. They're part of the machine. They're part of the conversation. They're the ones that they go to to say what a conspiracy is or isn't. What is important that we're supposed to be paying attention to and what we don't pay attention to now, COVID didn't even come up. And it was a number freaking mm. one thing of, oh my God, just a little while ago. So, the conspiracy of all the conspiracies that you're rebunking or whatever, mm-hmm. you're going through all this stuff. What's a common thread? You know, there's, I mean, I have an opinion, but yeah, you're relatively young age. Mm. You know, I'm wondering what it is that is a thread that connects all this stuff that you're going after and you want to share with your audience. Mm. Yeah. That's an interesting question. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I feel like so much of it boils down to just, uh, just uh, psychopathy, like sociopathy, like like it's just like they don't have, they don't care, they don't care. They'll get caught and they just keep moving on. You know, it's all so much of this agenda is based off of greed, without any regard for other people, without any regard for the consequences, and because they feel that they're untouchable. You know, the the agendas that are being rolled out are being rolled out by absolute psychopaths that know that they're untouchable, and 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 I don't think how it could be any more clear than what we're seeing. You know, and and not only untouchable with getting away from the actions that are criminal, inhumane, just devastatingly awful, but also uh, they know that they can just manipulate the people into it. I mean, does that make sense? How it's just like, uh, you know, people that they just, they just don't care from one to the next, from one to the next. And I feel like, well, for example, like we were talking about how, you know, uh, COVID, for example, came out right in a time when people were starting to wake up. You know, people were like, it was, if you think about it, like, I, I always like, go, like to go back to like 2019, late 2019. It was like, yeah, I remember that we had all these like CEOs stepping down and quitting. Like, I remember that was a big thing, like in December of 2019. 
we had like the yellow vest protest, right? People were waking up all over Europe and just realizing, you know what? We do have power. We don't need to be taking this crap from governments anymore. Like Jeffrey Epstein had just been found, quote, maybe, whatever, hung in a jail cell, right? That happened. There was a grand jury investigation being opened up and potentially in Manhattan for 9-11, like re reopening the investigation for 9-11. Like uh, they were reaching this pinnacle point where like we have to do something because they're really starting to see behind the curtain here. And so, bam, you know, and it was just like it was executed at a time when it was perfect cover for the for everything. Be, all of their just psychopathy, all of their corruption being exposed and coming to light, you know. And so, you know, it's an interesting question whether it's I, I, I don't want to claim to know that I, whether it's demonic or anything like that. But it feels like it's inhuman, you know, and it feels like there's just like. As a person, as a human, how could you do this? How could you do this? How could you use these political tools that you use? How like how could you literally w wage an entire psychological operation in the form of a global pandemic to get to cover your tracks? How could you possibly somehow, and I haven't figured this, how could you orchestrate because someone? Yeah, it's pure evil. It's pure evil. How could you like yeah. orchestrate someone going into a school to shoot up a school? Like, how do you do this? How do you do these things? Um... You know, I, I, I tell you, I, I feel a lot better that I've kind of, you know, come to a better understanding than just the last few years. I've been yeah. doing this 30 something years since the late eighties. Yeah. And I'm just, and I had the same question. I mean, I met with, you know, legislators I've run for high office. I've run yeah. for you know, secretary of state and Congress and, you know, three times and U S Senate against McCain and, you know, done a lot of political stuff. You know, maybe I'm, I'm like this with these guys file lawsuits. I've have got over a dozen suits gone to, you know, Arizona state Supreme court three times and gone to the ninth circuit court of appeals as my own attorney, blah, 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 blah. So I got all kinds of credentials. If I've been there, done that, got a bunch of t-shirts. Okay. <laughs> the thing was, is that early on, I realized that the press was part of it. You know, they, they would have people that would cover a beat, you know? So you'd have the department of commerce, reporter. You'd have the department of whatever reporter you'd have, you know, down at the legislature and the Senate press room of they get to, you know, run one of the liaisons of the press, which you have to be one of the, the, uh, uh, radio station news guys was the guy that kind of organized who got to even have, you know, a cubicle or a desk or even a, a slot to get the legislation in the inbox of the blah, blah, blah. And then that guy negotiated with the president of the Senate, which were the yada, yada, yada. We walked all this through. How in the hell is this stuff? Oh, you're not pressed. You have cred credentials mm -hmm. freaking up press. Cause I'm freaking press. Mm -hmm. You know, I get the free file. What the hell are you talking about? Oh, it's the, you know, the fourth industrial, you know, branch of government or whatever the hell it is. Right. And I'm going, yeah. So I got a big giant shiny badge that says press and we do our own newspaper and the radio show and free Phoenix. And we do, you know, all kinds of, yeah, I'm proud. What, what do you, well, you need to play. Okay. We did that. Now what? Well, you Oh, now what? No, oh, it's cause it's what you want. Mm. That's what it is. So I just want you to say it, say it, some bitch say it. Okay. So I just need them on record. What happened was, um, I, I could see that now we've gotten to the point to where then they would take, I, I'll tell you how it worked out. I, I, I'm just telling you, this is how it worked in the eighties. What had happened is they needed, you know, like a farm team for the major leagues. Okay. Where do they pick the people that are the sociopaths? 
the psychopaths, the ones that can be bought, the ones that can be compromised, the ones that are closet gay, you know, transsexual, you know, fornicate with, you know, wild monkeys and get monkey power. Okay. So here are the ones that are the weak that we can compromise. So it's like a minimum job requirement to be a pedophile, be in Congress kind of thing, yeah. or at least have a boyfriend, girlfriend or something. Right. So, and, and then a bunch of the creative ways of how they even seed that, then promote those people and then throw the file out. Aha, we got you now. So this is, you know, just common knowledge. If you're around politics enough times and you have a bunch of gay guys will get married to some assistant girl that they mm-hmm. did during the campaign and then divorce and found out that they're all gay and all this kind of stuff. Libertarians couldn't freaking possibly care less about anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, you know, what's your philosophy? Well, what happens was, is that the farm team were the school boards. It was, housewife guy, somebody they knew how the lobbyist of somebody that knew something about something or whatever. They get on these school boards that didn't pay any salary. So they get on and then could they be counted on to spending that shit ton of money that goes through the school budget. All right. So if you can get them doing, you get them kind of compromised. Yeah. You're our kind of legislator. We'll get you. You can be a legislator. Then they got their special interest. And usually it was, at the time I, I was really aware there was a lot of, you know, auto dealerships, and um, um, uh, real estate developers in Arizona, there's other dealerships and real estate developers, man, because they had a lot of interest in, you know, squashing out competition, doing whatever the hell they wanted to do. Then you had the other interest, of course, there's always energy or oil or this or that or something. You know, there's all education, of course, uh, unions, you know, that kind of thing. Well, they get and they pick from their farm team, the school board. Then they get to be legislators, and if they couldn't get them enough, it's I saw the shift happen in like the mid nineties. Mm. They just ah screw it, we'll just we'll just we can run anybody. We got control of the elections, which was my big thing, because I knew the elections were fraudulent and a lot of different long story about that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, they can just do whatever they want. So they just went straight to the lobbyists. So they just elect lobbyists. They'll be there for you know the utility this, the gas that, the this that, the special interest of, and the land. What? Boom. They're just straight legislators. Then in the mid '90s or later, after Kyoto and um, and Rio de Janeiro, the environmental movement thing, and here comes World Economic Forum stuff. That they were actually penetrating and filling the bureaucracies with people of like mind, fellow traveling communist of whatever the hell. And they were doing it at the state bureaucracies and the county level. It was the county. They would do these regional government efforts and all kinds of stuff. And as libertarians in the mid nineties, we go, I see what they're doing. It's going to be a health and safety thing Mm. because if they did health and safety, you didn't have to, you know, be susceptible to referendums or the people putting it on the ballot to vote on it because it's an emergency Mm. thing, or you can't do things that you change on zoning or you can do certain things. They kind of exempted the people input on because that's what they really want. And they just wanted to do it and nobody could bitch about it. So I'm going, okay, they're just going straight. Then there was a bunch of, you know, um, corruption scandals that went on and all that kind of stuff. By the time it hit about 2002, then you could see that the advantage that libertarians had by having everything on the internet, we had the first emails and web pages and we were able to communicate and archive information. So they didn't like that. They're like, damn it. You know, these people like got like pages and stuff of all the crap that we were trying to delete. I mean, you know, so, and they were taking the archives of the newspapers and stuff that we'd done in the 90s. They put it in an archive. They had to subscribe and pay for the paper to get access to it. Of course, then we take and save it somewhere. Mm-hmm. But uh, then they started deleting it. 
And I said, that God never happened. Then you have to actually go microfish, you know, into the library and do all that kind of crap. I mean, wow. It was becoming very obvious what was going on. So here comes the memory holding. So I could see communication was it. It was data storage. It was having the story, the having the evidence of the conspiracies, you know, having this stuff, you go, boom, here it is. Got proof. Well, most people, they don't got proof because mm-hmm. one, they didn't even know the terms to look up or who did what to whom, when, how, and what legislation and why and the real story behind the scenes of the court case of whatever the hell. And even if you did, it was going away. And I'm going, this is where the problem is. Mm-hmm. It's communication. It's data. It's information. It's all of us having this, coming to our own conclusions, sharing it, having different platforms and so on. So then anybody that accumulates this stuff, boom, you're demonetized, deplatformed, and DD'd. Mm-hmm. You're double D, man. Mm-hmm. You're down now, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm going, okay. Um, so that's where we need to focus. That's why I've been pushing on, you know, IPFS and, and we uh, making big inroads on Cordal and working with those guys. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of how you're using platforms and so on is one of the reasons I want to talk to you. So as time has gone on, I could see what they fear. They, them, those that won't leave us. They go, who are they? You can spear us. <laughs> there are those that just want to be left alone. Mm-hmm. There are those that just won't leave me alone. Mm-hmm. You want to know who they are? That's who they are. The ones who won't leave me alone. That's why I call them T3. They, them, those. Yep. And you know who the bad guys are by how much they're not leaving you alone. Mm-hmm. They want your stuff. They want your your ingenuity. They want your uh, uh, accumulation of resources. They don't want you to pass down to the next generation. They want to, you know, tell you how you can use your land, you know, where your money has to go, how much of it you're lucky. We'll even let you have some. And, uh, Oh, by the way, your kids belong to us. So I'm just going, this is there. There's a, a lineage or something. And this is what's changed. They're going to the back office. And this is what I mean. In Arizona, we were up against, uh, Jerry Coangelo owned the Suns, and Jerry Coangelo did uh, you know big giant tax fair rip off the the Diamondbacks uh, baseball stadium, which had lawsuits on that what they had done blah blah blah. But what was happening is I could see that they were starting to go you know it's like when a player um, gets hurt they'll go to the bench okay well now they weren't going to the bench of regular players like legislators or something they were going to the home office. They were like bringing Dick Cheney off of the home bench to be bench bench, bench to be, you know, uh, vice president under baby Bush. And I'm going Cheney. What he meant? He's a bureaucrat at the back end of those in Cheney. Really Cheney. They're going to the home office to bring him up front. Why? Because they're thin, man. They don't have enough people that can, you know, Zeke Heil to do it, whatever they want which is what brings up the world economic forum. They're going, Oh yeah, we had our junior achievement class of the world economic guys that are penetrated all the bureaucracies of we're in charge now. And we're a fly on every wall kind of thing. And I go, of course they are. And they needed to do that because what they didn't have enough people. They weren't able to get enough sociopaths with enough freaking psychopathic behavior to do it. So they had to go to the bench. I mean, they bypassed the bench and went straight to the home office. So I started seeing people coming up like Rumsfeld. He was a retread from the seventies. You know, I'm old enough to remember these guys Mm -hmm. and I'm going, damn, man, they're weak on the bench. What do they need? They got to brainwash you. They got to get you thinking right. They got to get you, you know, on the high speed of indoctrination of social media. 
So here it comes. They get you into thinking right. You know, you say the right things. You don't say the wrong things. You don't use certain words. If you're on YouTube and you say Corona, you know, or virus or, or um, COVID-19 or whatever, flag, you know, you're not allowed. You know, and I'm going, what kind of freaking open society is that? So this is my experience and how I look at it. That for you doing repunk, Scott Armstrong, other people that's doing this stuff, people that are coming out, where do they get their information? How much is it available? Is it is it available anymore? How do they share it? On what platforms? How does it, you know, I, because I have been putting my head down and plow since 09 when they really started, I could see they were going to clamp down the internet mm-hmm. and the information because they had to, because they can't. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I operated from that premise. We, we had all our, we got all our Facebooks and Twitters and Rumbles. And I got them all sitting there and Donna might use them a little bit, kind of do some stuff, but I, I don't even look at it. Well, I Facebook journey. What was your first problem? Cause I don't look. Okay. Yeah. So this is where I'm seeing that you and a lot of people like you are trying to use these platforms in order to get this message out. Mm-hmm. And it was never going to allow it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, look, when it matters the most, They'll flip it off because they can. So I need to look where they can. Mm -hmm. So before I go, but Ernie, you're missing the big audience of the one. Don't care. Because it doesn't matter anyway. When it gets to where it matters the most, and you're done. Okay. I've seen this happen before. It's been happening to all of our friends, people that we knew. Fortunately, this will be saved. So it's forever and always, and they can suck it. Yeah. um, We need to get to better social media that is decentralized and unstoppable from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And when they started things, I give you this good example. When they started Brighty on, they're like, Hey, Ernie, man, come over and got the invitation for you to be on bright. And that's right. When the Christ church shooting thing happened, just like this, one of the recent guys here doing whatever yeah, that yeah. is inspired by the Christ church guy. Right. So when they did that, people started looking at it, boom, it's gone. And you have to take it off. And they even got Mike Adams over at Brighty on coerced him 45 to the forehead, whatever the hell they did to him to get him immediately took it off. I'm going, why the hell would I go there? You know, they already shown them what they're going to do. I need to where they can't like library, like IPFS, like Odyssey, like some of these others, because they're even going after, you know, some of the others I could name that's supposed to be all open and free. And they're going after them, which is why they go after PewDiePie. You know, PewDiePie, you know, I remember at the time he had 60, 80 million, you know, subscribers on YouTube and he's not allowed to, if you're not with us, you're against us and we'll shut you down again. Screw you. I'm going to wait, 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 yeah, yeah. negotiate a deal. This is, if you're not, if you have that much influence, it's like being one of the Beatles, it's like being John Lennon or something. God knows what he'll say. You're not allowed to have that big an audience unless you're on our side. Mm-hmm. See my point? Mm-hmm. So, it's a fear and threat of people exactly like you. With that understanding and that explanation, you can understand why I wanted to talk to you with a new show that you're coming out. Mm-hmm. You're doing all of this. Okay? Yeah. Everywhere you hit the whole freaking enchilada yeah. of all these things. And I know a new podcast would go on and we'll see how long that lasts. What yeah. you can and can't say. Has it changed? Are you seeing some you know, force on you. And, and I know when it was, mm-hmm. if you had a hunt, when you hit a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube, you had a target painted on you. So sure. now you do whatever till you hit a hundred thousand and then you're not allowed. Okay. Yeah. So you're focusing on your affiliation with float. 
You know, we're working yeah. with those guys because mm-hmm. we see they they got a policy of not censoring. We'll see yeah. how that goes, you know. Yeah. So yeah. go ahead and monologue me, you know. Totally. Tell me everything about why you're doing this, all these places you're doing it, what you expect from these places, how are you limited in what you're saying or covering about what, and what's your plan for the future if they come after you. Uh, Scott Armstrong from Rebunked, go. Oh man, thanks Ernie. That was that was epic. That was epic, man. And you know, you're you're doing amazing work pioneering IPFS. I hadn't even heard of that about that. I think I heard it first from James Corbett and then like obviously then I got turned on to your efforts pioneering it. Um and Library Odyssey. I've kind of uh you know, I use I use Odyssey. You you saw there in one of those slides uh the video platforms that are on. You'll notice I'm not I don't I don't uh put YouTube on there because I'm not I don't do YouTube. I created a YouTube channel with this show and uh they had my number already. You know what I mean? Like we were doing Truthzilla, and we had a lot of momentum going there. And uh, you How know, do you have your number. Is it like like when I go and I have um, you know an account on Google, or yeah. I have my YouTube that's up there, and so on. And I yeah. don't really post anything up or whatever. Yeah. But if I were to do a new one, yeah, does your reputation proceed? I feel you? I feel like it did. I feel like it does because uh, we were doing Truthzilla and Truthzilla was, you know, we did some pretty amazing things. You know, I'm very proud of that little body of work. We did about 200 episodes. Um, you know, we interviewed like Dr. McCullough, Dr. Mikevitz. I was on a group call with like Dr. Malone. So we had like all these, like all the subversive people on there. Right. And we'd get episodes taken down all the time. Right. And it was very early on in that journey that we started to realize that YouTube is not really a viable long-term strategy. And so we, we embarked out and that's when we got connected with Rockfin. Um, you know, started uploading to BitChute, Odyssey, all, all these other uh, alternative platforms, <clears throat> and uh, you know that 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 allowed our content to kind of live in perpetuity to a certain extent, to as much as it possibly could be. Um, I was looking for an episode recently of Truthzilla that it was like episode two, actually. Episode two was all about vaccines, all about we 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 pulled all you know we we unpacked the whole thing with the 1986 Act, you know, all, all the stuff correlated with, uh, you know, vaccines very early on in our little truth journey there. And I noticed it was gone on every single platform except Odyssey. So there you go. So it was still on Odyssey. So I was like, okay, good, good, good. But I don't think that it had been taken down. I think what had happened is that it just hadn't, didn't get uploaded originally or something. I don't know, but I got a lot of love and respect for Odyssey library. You know, that's a, that's a very robust system. And so for us, for me right now, like when I started this new show, like I, I did start uploading to YouTube but because I think, I mean, I don't know. So episode episode one I did with Ryan Christian from Last American Vagabond. Episode two was with Sam Tripoli from the Tinfoil Hat Podcast. And uh, that episode got taken down. And it was crazy because, like, we didn't even get into anything crazy. I think Sam is, like, blacklisted, too, or something. Because, oh, yeah. Because, like, you, you know, we... Sam blacklisted, that's Yeah, why. yeah, yeah. Because, like, him and I were both, like, we're both, like, in recovery, right? So we talked, like, that was what I wanted the focus of the show to be was, like, you know, you know addictions, recovery, all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and so, (laughs) and they took that episode down, which is just crazy. So at that point, you know, I started doing like little clips. I'm like, okay, I'm going to upload just clips of the show or just like teasers for the show. And then I just like realized after about 10 episodes, I'm like, you know what? I don't even want to mess with YouTube at all. I don't, I I hate, I I don't support them at all. So I just don't even mess with YouTube at all. Right. Luckily I have a home at Rockfin. So Rockfin is kind of where I've always planted my flag and say, here we are. We're on Rockfin. I'm on Rockfin. All right. So tell me about Rockfin. Why Rockfin? What's so great about, I hear about Rockfin. So I'm Rockfin. What's Rockfin? Yeah. So Rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N. They're, they're uh, a, uh, I think it started off as like a, a sports channel it's like it's like a subscription base so like you could subscribe for 10 bucks a month 
and you can get access to all the premium content on the entire website, but all the non-premium content is completely free for anybody to watch, right? So a lot of people just only do free shows, and so you can go watch most people's shows for free. You don't have to pay anything, but sometimes people will put out premium content that you pay 10 bucks a month for, and I think it's a good deal, you know? Um, I've been a huge fan of Rockfin for a very, very long time. They actually compensate their content creators and they, they argue better than YouTube. I don't have a big enough channel to see that, but with, but with Truthzilla, we were a pretty decent channel and we, we made, you know, we made a little bit of money. And, and so that was kind of, I felt like them as a company, you know, valuing their content creators as opposed to being in this adversarial role with their content creators like YouTube is, right? I thought that that was a great, a great thing. And so, you know, they've always marketed themselves as being a free speech platform, you know, like and all the truthers moved over and started making channels yeah, right until they start. And then, freaking. but then, yeah, so this all, that's all that to say very recently, they did have a content creator that they pulled from the platform that I thought was kind of a bad deal. I'm not really too a big fan Why, of that. Their I, justification? Well, okay. So the, the guy's Owen Benjamin, right? Owen Benjamin, he's a very controversial figure. I happen to think his, his, his show is fantastic. Right. But he says, he says very controversial things. Uh, and with the, with the, with the thing being that like, look, like you don't, what? the Jews did it and if they didn't do it, they're going to do it. I well, mean, so, you know. so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like he, he's a comedian, right? First and foremost, he's a comedian <clears throat> and the comedy is, uh, very abrasive and very racially charged, but it's also a live stream where there's a lot of people in the chat room that represent all the different people that he's just, it's, it's just, it's like, reminds me of like the old Chappelle show, right? Where you just get to make fun of everybody, right? Equally. It's all good, but it's like. And it's not from a, it's not from a place of hate. That's that's where people kind of lose it. It's like it's not from a place of hate. He's just joking, man. But but it's such. But the message of the show too is also just very powerful in um, like building community. Like the stuff that uh, you know. Also, like with the show Rebunked. Yeah, we like to talk about the problem a lot, like the Bill Gates World Economic Forum. But the, the what's really heavy on my heart that I really want to focus on is solutions, and I I feel like that's the the direction I want to go. Recently, I've done an episode with David Rodriguez about like rethinking education, um, yeah. and and a big overall theme. I've been involved with the Freedom Cells movement um, since early 2020s when I started looking for answers, and that's where I came across Freedom Cell Freedom Cells, and that's something I talk about on the show constantly. And it's so, you know, anyway. Owen talks about all that stuff too. He's very much involved in building community, like like building your own supply lines, counter economics, parallel systems, well, all that was stuff. The justification they gave for a, you know going after him. Well, he made he made a joke. He made a joke. Uh, he made he made some jokes <laughs> that that they said went a little bit over the over the line. So there you go. Well, what? Yeah. I mean, well, tell me what they were about. You okay. Know, um, yeah, yeah. So he, he, them trans purple hair. It was uh, he was making fun of he was, swim team. What he was making fun of the fact that Shaquille O'Neal looks like a gorilla, which that uh, he then played a clip of Shaquille O'Neal being on ESPN saying how every time he goes to the zoo, the gorillas look at him like how did I how did you get outside the cage right? <laughs> and so that's Shaquille O'Neal's own words, but the, that that was part of the joke that was part of a joke he made that got him kicked off, and then he mentioned something uh, about like. Um, so you it's know, a racist. Uh, yeah, it was it was a ra it was a race thing that got him in trouble. So, so yeah. this is so Rockfin has uh, put racism as one of their justifications for uh, no comedians can be on there. Yeah, apparently, apparently. Well, it's funny too. So like Owen was talking about how uh, he received a call from Martin, the CEO of Rockfin, personally, and and Martin told him directly, "Hey man, look, your stuff is just we're trying to like you know 
we're running a business here and your stuff is just a little too hot for our platform. And so I'm unfortunately going to be taking off your channel. And this was kind of like at the stage, like they were deliberating and Owen, he does like a three to four hour live stream every day. And he, and so he was very, he was talking about this like very openly. So, I mean, Owen may have handled it a little bit better. Had he actually, but here's the thing about Owen is that he has his own platform unauthorized.tv. It's his own subscription based platform where you can go watch all of his shows. So he's not worried about being on Rockfin. It was like him. He was being on there as even more of a favor to Rockfin than anything. You know what I mean? And yeah, so like, I've, and so like, but, but then like he, so it was just kind of, it was kind of, I thought it was kind of funny. So like for three days straight on his three hour live stream, so about nine hours of content straight, he is just eviscerating Rockfin and Martin from Rockfin. I'm just like, wow, like just over, so over the top, just like as he could only do it. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, he could have been a little more diplomatic and tactful had he actually wanted to stay on the platform, but he was like intentionally just torched it at that yeah, point. No, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't like being manipulated and lied to yeah. and used, you know, because that's how I felt certainly with um, uh, all the platforms. I mean, we got... What happened was we started um, when uh, the Arab Spring was a big thing. And uh, we had done a lot of activism, you know, over the decades doing yeah. that stuff. So we knew it was going to be very effective. We had about 4,000 DVDs in PAL format because the DVDs are in a different kind of format of players in the Middle East. So we, we uh, knew to do that. And we made all these DVDs when they had... Career Square was a big thing, you know, in Cairo. And this is after, you know, Tunisia had fell and, you know, the Middle East was in uproar and all this kind of stuff. And in uh, Egypt, when they started having the governmental change, you know, it's all, you know, whoever's pulling the strings behind there, but it was, they're going to, we're going to pick our new Pharaoh number 300 and whatever the hell, right? I'm going, man, what the hell? It, 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 you're just getting corralled right back into the same problem. Yeah. So then that's when the Muslim Brotherhood came and all that kind of stuff. So I go, what they need is to have a video along with some other stuff on there, but the main video, you put it in, it just plays an autoplay of the philosophy of liberty, that little stick animation of the, you know, it's about you own yourself kind of mm -hmm. thing, right? So I go, if I do that and have it translated into Arabic, because they had a bunch of other languages, but they hadn't done Arabic. So we worked with um, the International Society for Individual Liberty. They had a guy in Moscow that could translate it into Arabic. So uh, it was like $1,000, and we split it up three ways, and different people did it. They did it. We took the uh, and made the DVDs out of it, shipped them to Alexandria, Egypt, they took them into Tahrir Square, dispersed them everywhere, and we had these little constitution, Declaration of Independence, Constitution, and Bill of Rights that was done by Cato that was English on one side and Arabic on the other side. And they read right to left, so you know, it kind of went mm -hmm. this way. And on the Constitution page, we had a little mailing label. We put it in Arabic. says, we already tried this. Maybe you can do better, you know, because we didn't give a crap what the Constitution did or just yeah. they ignore it, you know. So when we did this, but the Declaration, very powerful. Bill of Rights, pretty cool. So we get that into these guys' heads and understand that all this philosophy is really about you own yourself. Who own, If you don't own you, somebody else does. When we did that, it went stupid all over the Middle East and Arabic-speaking countries. You know, ISIL goes, what the hell did you do? Morocco, Saudi Arabia, Jordan. I mean, it was exploding on, you know, from there watching this video. Mossad did not like that very much. Mm. Okay. They want to cancel you. I mean, they wanted to 
can't, they did a DDoS attack on us, but wow. you know, my IT guy at the time is a big geek that knew whatever. And he's also an attorney that, uh, you know, went and letters back and forth and ouch, could it, we see you, you know, that kind of thing. But I could see from that point on, we had an Arabic Facebook and Twitter. We still do. It's called Haria Phoenix, which is Arabic for freedom's Phoenix. Wow. Right. So we have those in there, and man, that was our first little dose of, um, you know, they don't like it. Okay. Yeah. They start coming after it. I'm going, little old me. Yeah. Little old me. Well, all the stuff that I'm doing, or the Liberty community, and of course, a lot of the things that you're doing, is exactly the stuff that they do not want out there, yeah. that they want to control. They want to dissuade. They want to, whatever the hell they're doing now. So I'm going, I'm not playing with these guys anymore. I mean, we'll do it and play, you know, whatever, but I'm not counting on that for whatever Donna does or social media. Yeah. What a better not. I yeah, I don't care. Cause I do not pump them. We may have some icons, but I'm looking for like float. I'm going, but still our policy, I don't care about your policy. Mm. It's your capability, mm. which is where odyssey and library comes in. Mm. They can't delete it. If they want to do, mm. you know, yeah. which is what they freak out about, which is what IPFS is about which is what we're trying. We just started doing the minting of Cordal. Cordal is a um, kind of a IPFSC kind of thing that you can put web pages on. They, they don't have all the capabilities that we need with data storage with IPFS yet, but they, but they are much more organized whole internet, you know, that we're trying to, you know, shoehorn IPFS into what we want to do. And we're having pretty good luck, but Cordal is trying to be, a whole internet with chat and micropayments and crypto mm. in web you know, page storage in naming that DNS is mm-hmm. doesn't matter anymore. They can't turn you off. You know, all I'm going, this is, this is what you guys, I'm your new best friend. Let's, you know, let's do it. Now we'll use IPFS along with it until they get their stuff ready. But when you have internet three point kiss my ass Mm -hmm. and the people are the nodes, we are the internet because that's how we thought it was going in the mid nineties. That's where it was going to the World Wide web. So then we have to go through that, you know, and people realize if they, then those can silence you, control you, turn you off. They will, they sure as hell want to. And that's what's coming. So rebunked when you start doing this and I, I see all these, Places up here, I got, you know, I'm on Apple, you yeah. know, iTunes and whatever. Yeah. Hell, I didn't even know. I, I didn't, didn't even check it for years. You mm-hmm. know, and it, hell, was one of the things that worked. I'm like, yeah. all right, fine, whatever, don't care. But the, uh, you know, all the other, they, we, we're in the crypto, we're in the PayPal, we do it. You become successful, they target you. <clears throat> oh, yeah. They do not want you to be out there. So what is your plan for the kind of things that you want to do that are definitely going to be targeted which already have been, where are you going? I see Telegram, Mastodon, yeah. Twitter, Gab, Float, Instagram, TikTok, TikTok, whatever the hell that does. I mean, so I don't know. I created a TikTok account, and I don't really do anything with it. So in my so defense, I in my defense. Know <laughs> what you selected and why Rock Band, <clears throat> Band Video, Odyssey, Rumble, BitChute, you yeah. know, even Band will, yeah. you know, uh, delete some. Rumble is Yeah, they will. They will. The I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going... Well, I'm not helping these people if they're not a true free speech. And you can't stop it if you wanted to. Yeah. So how are you selecting these? Just, you know, throwing it out there and see what sticks? Well, that's that's a really good question. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like, uh, um, 
you know, what I look at it as like, you know, which ones do I not want to be on? Right. And, and actually I've kind of limited myself in terms of like, I'm a small show, I'm growing, you know what I mean? But I, I have small infrastructure. Like I basically what I do is I, okay, well, let me, let's talk about the censorship side first before I talk like logistically. So yeah. So YouTube, screw YouTube. I don't want anything to do with it. Right. Um, I'm a big fan of Odyssey. Rockfin has historically been a, the platform that I've touted the most, right? I'm, I'm not going to move off of Rockfin at this time. Um, I still, you know, it's a, still a source of income, right? They, I, I get tips for shows and stuff like that. So I guess like I'm on there just because they, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a way to make money, I guess. So which which kind of sounds tip? crappy, but you know, is it in well, crypto? Is it in dollars? Yeah, it's, it's, in, it's, it's in, it's in, it's, it's in uh, what they call Ray tokens. So they have a native token called Ray Random, or was it Receive Access Ecosystem, I think, R-A-E, but that's their- So you have to go buy a token or- No, no, it's a, so it's a way to like, so people, like if, I, if, I'm, if I'm watching a good show, I can, uh, I can tip uh, the, the show with, um, with, with, with the, so I connect it to my debit card, right? And then I can tip- uh, and then it gets paid oh, out to the content creator through with their rate tokens, right? So it's actually a way that okay, you can right, like. All right, go ahead and yeah, answer, answer some questions. This yeah, is yeah. what I need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, it, I'm watching your show on yeah. um, Rock Ben. Yeah. And I go, I like it. I want to. I want to give you Tip. something. Yeah, yeah. Where do I get those things? How uh, do I get? Them? Well, you Where just are they accumulated. What you, wallet are they in? Yeah, no, it's it's literally like it's just like it's how. So I connect my debit card to my Rockfin account, and then when I tip a person, it gets paid to them in Ray tokens, but it comes out of my debit account. So it okay, actually so it's it goes to tokens to them, yeah, and then they can cash them out. They yes, you can cash them out. out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a Ethereum based. So you, that so as a content creator, I get I get paid out uh with ray tokens into a coinbase wallet and then i can convert those to ethereum and then pay pay myself out and, yeah. okay i get it yeah, you know it's yeah. um, they're yeah. tracking everything and seeing yeah. you're not allowed and yeah. oh my god you made too much okay. yeah yeah yeah, so yeah it's one of those you know like um you know uh canadian trucker thing yeah. oh, no that's a little too much you're not allowed yep. to go divert that yep. over here okay yeah, yeah. so all right yeah. so i get it the, yeah yeah um, that's one thing about Cordal I'm really interested in. And one of the things that we're talking with um, Max Freeman over at Epic Cash is working with the uh, Start Nine Labs guy. You know, they yeah, yeah, yeah. see one. And I'm going, look, man, they need a micropayment. You know, if we're going to be touting them and using an IPFS and over in Pirate Box and all that, we need a micropayment. Well, of course, Pirate Chain, you know, they're, you know, with R, yeah, you know, these guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. They're, uh, yeah, I just happen to have this on today. It's awesome. You know, I wear that, but the, um, um, they're wanting to participate in micropayments for this kind of thing. Well, where, how, from what, well, how do you, what, yeah. how does this work? Well, they want to make it easy. It's got to be an exchange that you can go from your credit card or your debit card or your bank account and you tip and adjust and then facilitate. And then they want to do a token so that it's not kind of bypass that sec thing, you know, security exchange you know, commission is it really? It was an internal kind of a class. Blah 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 blah. The man they get involved because they want to be able to see it. They want to see how much. They want to see what they need to ban you or not. You know. Yeah. So I'm going. You know, I could, I could. I'm just. I already know where this goes. You're going to be a victim of your own success. You're going to start to go, and you're done. You know. I just, I see it happen over and over. So with courts, what they do is they have it. Uh, it's, it's. There's no limit, you know. It's not like a 21 million limit or anything. Yeah, it's yeah. just a 
a um, creation of this crypto as you spend time minting or mining or whatever it is they call it, call it minting. So it's you don't get any advantage of how much money you got. You can't, you know, you can buy them. I guess you can get them on the exchange. But uh, you get them rewarded to you by how much you serve the network, which was the incentive that IPFS needed and Nexus.io with uh, Colin Cantrell was really pushing on. And uh, he goes, you need to have some incentivization on this kind of stuff. So all of a sudden court comes in and they go, yeah, our whole thing is incentivized with the courts. The courts can be used as micropayments inside the system. You can load your whole web page on like what we've done with IPNS, you know, different things that we've done with IPFS. And they go, you can have your whole site on there and micropayments can be done. You got shopping uh, carts in there to where you can have like our uh, black market Fridays, you know, or agorist.market where we're having a bunch of anarchist agorist or, you know, buying and selling and trading and servicing and, you know, whatever online. So we're going, okay, this is starting to build up something that we can be part of. You can still have access to it. People can get your material. I'll have, you know, on the World Wide Web, I'll still have Freedom's Phoenix interface with whatever. But I am not going to put myself in a position to where they can cut off funding, Mm -hmm. divert funding, keep funding, delete funding. You know, you can't, you'll say something, deplatformed, demonetized. I'm going, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. I'm not hell. I haven't done it for a while. I'm, nope, not doing it. Well, you're missing out. Yeah, maybe I am, but I'm holding out for that. Yeah, and Sam Tripoli and uh, Corbett. Oh yeah, they're all in, man. They're yeah. Sam's like, let's do it. Yeah, we're man. It. I'm over here rooting you on, man. Like so much so, like that's definitely a big consideration I, I thought of, like when embarking down this new show. Like why, why even waste my time with a thing like YouTube or waste my time with anything that's going to ultimately shoot myself in the foot, but I'm also playing that game where it's like, well, I just gotta, I, I gotta do what I gotta do. Right. And so therefore, yes, you saw the PayPal. Yes. You saw the, 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 the now, I mean, the Rockfin situation. It's like, well, shoot, you know, I almost did like take one. Hey, Rockfin, it's, you get the tips there. I mean, what yeah. kind of dollars amount? If you got, how many subscribers would, you know, you quit your day job kind of thing. Oh yeah. I'm you know, it's, it's a ways off from that, dude. I don't even, I don't even I mean, know. I don't know what the hundred thousand. I mean, maybe what kind maybe. of, I feel like maybe like like some of the folks that I know do it like you know full time like the Whitney Webbs and Jason Burmis and Ryan here you know like they 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 anywhere twenty to thirty forty fifty thousand that sort of thing so like yeah you know I don't know I don't know um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean these things to consider I'm just yeah. I mean you know I mean I I know a lot of the content providers and they're always you know, uh, worried about their next paycheck. They're yeah. always chasing, yeah. you know, the next platform. They're yeah. always promoting the next thing. They're always, you know, selling their thing, doing the teacher. I mean, I mean, it's, I understand it's a business and you got to focus on it, but it's like you're fighting an invisible force all the time. Yeah. And the more successful you are at, you know, sharing this kind of information, mm-hmm. certainly when you come up with rebunk, I yeah. mean, you know, yeah. it's like you got a target on your forehead before yeah. you start. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And so, and so, yeah, I definitely would love to innovate the show in a direction like exactly what you're describing, you know, getting on these new platforms that are indestructible, you know, find ways to make yourself uncancelable. That's really the thing, you know, and I feel like where I'm at now, at least on as far as the the the, the content goes, like I feel pretty, pretty reinforced, like RSS. 
like RSS feeds seem to be pretty, pretty secure. Like it's kind of hard to eliminate an RSS feed. Sure. Apple or Spotify will take you off their platform, but you know, RSS, especially with like two, like podcasting 2.0, which is another thing I need to figure out. Like that's, that's one big uh, hurdle that I want to, I need RSS to like. RSS kicks ass. You know, yeah, Corbett's a big yeah. fan of RSS. Yeah, it's fantastic. For the, for the same reason. Well, this was, um, God, what was his name? Aaron, um, the guy that they say killed himself from MIT. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Aaron Schwartz, yeah, yeah. He was the one that came up with the RS, really simple syndication. Mm-hmm. I remember when it first came out, it was very popular. It still is. I mean, it's used a lot. You know, we use it a lot. And um, the problem was is that you get an RSS feeder, reader, MP3 player, kind of whatever, and you would send it, you would subscribe. Boom, show would be on your thing. Then it goes, eh, it doesn't do it anymore. Why? Mm. Because Google stopped supporting their RSS, you know, feed thing. And then the others had to be, when you downloaded the app from Google Play, it had to have certain features in there, phone home, they could turn off, they could do that, they could, you know, they wanted control. And the reason was, I could later I could see, it was obvious to me why, because when you open up your phone, if I have my phone here, I go, I'd open it up, and all of a sudden, it would be pushing a bunch of stories from Google right off the bat, you opened up the browser and said, Oh, you guys say, Ooh, uh, you know, porn, you know, candy violence, you know, whatever the, you know, hell, you know, tragedy porn, you know, I'm sitting there, you know, watching, you know, whatever. Right. So, and then they get, you kind of program, you know, what you want to, Ooh, it's a, you know, it's a starship story. Oh, hell, you got to click on all those. Right. So then um, when they do that, they wanted to be able to push the stories that they wanted. If you had, you were, uh, curating your own list, your own, you know, people that you wanted. I definitely want me some Scar- Scott Armstrong up on top there. And there's Ernie. And I got, then you are curating your own list. Mm-hmm. No, hell no. They can't have that competition. So they do away with those so they can push their own stuff. Mm. And I'm going, ah, okay. So it's not my phone. It's your phone. I just get to, you know, be manipulated by it. So this is where you start getting in your de-Google phones. You start going, I can see all this coming, which it seems to me like they, them, those are starting to lose the war. Mm. You know, it's starting to go away. They're starting. It was like in the late nineties, early two thousands where they were kind of, Hey man, we, we don't have the broadcast, you know, networks, uh, you know, controlling the minds of the people as much as we used to. So then they got, we got to do something else. Well, here it came in 2004, I remember when it happened, 2002, you had about half of the, you know, certainly the higher end candidates for political office, you know, you know, I'm for governor or whatever. And they'd hire some web developing bell and whistle consultant of the party, whatever the hell. And they'd give them some, and it was all BS and bullshit. And we're libertarians were like issue, answer, solution, problem. This is a boom, 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 done. And they'd be like, God, that's so easy. That's awesome. Where the other ones are like, baffling and bullshit and Biden mumbling of whatever the hell. Right. So 2004, when Howard Dean, you know, was running for president, you'd get flash mobs. They would put stuff up there. Then you really got it during the Ron Paul revolution in those seven, just, you know, uh, a few years later. And when that happened, they went, what the hell is this? We are, oh, hell no. They're raising money. They're doing flash mobs, 24 hour notice to get five, 10,000 people showing up. Oh my God. How the hell are they doing they knew how it was a freaking issues. Mm. It was freaking principle. It was, you know, uh, consistency and, 
you know, freaking, they're not assholes. You know, what they were doing is AstroTurf. We got to get all the union buses out and get some people in the seats, you know, that mm. kind of crap. Mm-hmm. So I could see what was going on. The internet was just a manifestation of people really having a choice and coming together with other people of like mind, and they didn't want them to like mind on that. Mm. And that needs to be a conspiracy, and that needs to be squashed, and that needs to be shut down. And that, but the Levolution kicked them upside the head, man. And what the hell just happened? And then they did it again in 12. So then they got to get control of the elections. They got to get control of the uh, content providers. They got to get your mind right, what you can and can't say, and who gets to be deplatformed, demonetized, and promoted, and whatever. And this for, and every freaking music video has got to have horns in it. Yeah. And if you don't got horns <laughs> and you know the evil of whatever the hell, I'm going... They go, oh, man, she's an up-and-comer. I go, watch her music videos or his music videos. And if they're up-and-coming, I guarantee they got horns, man, because it's just just a thing. And I'm going, holy crap. So a new guy like you with enough experience, have a little taste of success, see what it's like, knowledge of how to get on all these platforms, seeing what's coming in the new tech and everything, I just want to make sure you're open to when it happens. And as these opportunities come up, you decentralize yourself or you're going to be done before you even get started. You will be a victim of your success. You feel me? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and I'm I'm looking, always looking for ways to do that. Right. And then like, so I talked about, I talked about a little bit about the, uh, the, the, the philosophy around like censorship, like kind of why I steer towards. And then of course, like I'm on band video. Like when I was with Truthzilla, I got uh, contacts with a Rob dude produced over at InfraWars and, and uh, he offered a channel, offered us a channel. And then I transitioned that channel over to the new show. And so you gotta be, I mean, I gotta, I gotta like, that's obviously like, that's the biggest platform where I get the most views and clicks on my content. So it's like, I gotta be on there. You know what I mean? And so it's like, you know, there you go. So, uh, and, and so, yes. Yeah, so I'm always looking to innovate, in, in, in the way of like, you know, more, more, more guard against censorship. Right. But, uh, also there's like, like I was talking about the infrastructure and like the, basically the way I put the show out. Right. And so I do, uh, I, I, I used to like produce the show, like actually record an interview, sit down, edit it, add theme music, like do all this stuff and graphics and everything like that. And which you found a, out you had a life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very time consuming process. And then, so I've started live streaming. I use StreamYard. Like I love your setup with OBS. I haven't quite, I know a little bit about OBS, but I want to, I, I just like right now, I'm just like, okay, just StreamYard. Yeah. Just StreamYard. <laughs> And, uh, and so I, I pay for the subscription where I can put it out to three p- platforms total. So I put it out to Rockfin and then, uh, rumble only because then my, and there's a, this is a big plug for, uh, Matthew Raymer over at content safe. Are you familiar with him and his work? Oh yeah. No, okay. he and I work together. He does okay, a good. lot of my stuff. Good, 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 good. So he, so then he takes my feed off of rumble and then he distributes it out to BitChute and, uh, Odyssey for me. So Big shout out to Matthew Raymer at Content Safe. Content Safe. If you're a content creator and you're looking for uh, a way to reach a larger audience, um, it's basically like you know how you upload your podcast, your MP3 to whatever Podbean or whatever, and then it shoots it out to all the other podcast platforms like Podcast Addict and Spotify. That's what Content Safe does. Is I upload it. And I tell him which platform I want him to take it from. And then he takes it from rumble and shoots it out to all the other video platforms. So it's a, you know, takes a lot of work off my plate and uh, you know, it's uh, and he's definitely, you know, down for the cause. He's uh, one of us. Right. So um, it's great working with him. And so, um, you know, 
I just uh, that's that's my infrastructure, basically. You know what I mean? And so hey, let me let me go ahead and show something. Yeah. You'll see what Matt and I are working yeah, yeah. on because this has been, you know, my thing. I'm just like, oh, I, I hate watching spinning wheels. Yeah, especially when you you got limited access to good internet. I'm yeah. not. Oh well, you know, I go. All right, why? What do you got? Yeah. Well, uh, fiber optic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm on a bus. Yeah. I don't have a fiber optic reeling out behind. Okay. Yeah. So this is, you know, it's a pain in the ass. So when we first started the trip and we were doing it live for months, you know, we had three hours, you know, it's nine to noon on LRN that we're doing Monday through Friday. Yeah. And I just got, we, I, I can't do it. It, it. It's, it's, we have to be where there's internet. We're all in the morning. We got to do all the process. We to get anywhere. It was like an act of God. It was just a pain in the ass. We're driving at night all the time. So then we started doing, you know, the podcast and then just putting it in, you know, RSS feed and net yeah. and it go in order. And we I, like, now we got like a week backup, you know, that we have because we're traveling, you yeah. know? And um, so what we did is I go, look, I want to be able to load one time. I load it, and then everybody, you want it, you pull it from me. Mm -hmm. The technology is there. Yeah. RSS yeah. feeds, that's what Matt Raymer does. He takes it and puts it in. And I'm going, okay, from where? I'm going to show you. Now, what we're going to head, go ahead and do is I'm going to just give you the kind of the back end and have the audience, some nice. of the, the guys they know, but I'll just let you see. That's cool. So you go into... You know, the top right up here where the show is. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, she's going to change the date because uh, you got There it change. is. Yeah, All right. There. So we go in there. You know, there's going to be the podcast. I'll mm -hmm. go one that's already loaded like I did David. Okay. So I go in here. I put the MP3s mm -hmm. onto my server. Mm -hmm. Okay. There we do that so people can see. I do the MP3s on my server. So there it is. You can, you know, it's never going to go anywhere. We got it mirrored everywhere. We got, it's out of the country. You know, they can suck it. You know, it's going to be act of God for them to try and get rid of the MP3. Nice. Now, oh yeah. And I didn't do, because uh, we had um, connection issues. I didn't do the, the video stream. So let me go to now this one. So you have the download MP3. And then this is MP4. This is mm -hmm. the IPFS of it. And then, you know, I let it low, but I don't got no bandwidth to be dicking around with that. So <laughs> I go in, you do this, but it goes one time. I load it one time and then it goes to here. Now let's see. Let's go to Odyssey. Now I'm going, I want to load one time and then I don't have to worry about it anymore. And it goes at declare your independence with Ernest Hancock. See if that does it. There you go. Mm. Now, this is from me loading it one time. I okay. load it, IPFS, they scrape it from here, puts it on this channel, and this is done by a listener. I don't even do it. Mm. And I go, you're my new best friend. Yeah. How do you do this? What's the script that you got? So he shares the script with us and so on. Matt Raymer does kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. He takes the IPFS from this page. He'll go in there. There's the IPFS. You go to the source code, whatever he does, and all that geek stuff. And he pulls that from there, puts it on his plan, and then he loads it up on these other platforms. So this is where I'm seeing, like this is my home studio back in the day. Mm -hmm. And then you got all the shows here. And I'm going, all right, all right, all right. That's what I want to do with yeah. everything that I do. I take the feed, I put it, I load it one time, and then, all right, here, I'll show you the interface that I have. 
Now this is kind of back end, yeah, yeah. You know, or you know, is that a? Are you using the IPFS instead of HTTPS on that? Like IPFS Freedom Phoenix? Is that what I was seeing? Uh, I'm not sure what you mean. Okay, never mind. They, you know, I go to Freedom's Phoenix. I log in. Let's see. Uh, make sure I'm in brave because what I've done is we set it up. It should just go to it. Close all these. No, I'm. Oh. Yeah, that's what I was looking at. So, like, um, you know, on the URL, you uh, type in IPFS instead of HTTP, right in the beginning. Is that maybe not? Uh restore pages okay because yeah interesting lost it here because when i go into uh let's see desktop this one ipfs management mm -hmm. okay my system has direct interface with the ipfs network mm -hmm. so when i want to add a file i go this is how i when i get done with the show it's going to go like this i'm going to go choose a file I'm going to go in where they are. And then, oh, yeah, I got them up here. So I go into the MP4s and I'll go boom. Now I'll just, you know, say click that one. And I go open. It comes up. Yeah, it's one with Dr. Judy. Mm -hmm. Then I go and I select the, um, you know, whatever graphic that, I, you know, capture. And I go boom, title it, hit add file. When I do that, it does this. It goes into here, and then there's the video link and the uh, capture. And I go up here, and I do this. And I place it right there, mm. and I go, boom. I put the source video hash from here. I go like this, and I'll just copy the link. Boom. Then I do the uh, image, hit OK, and I'm done. Mm. It's that fast, wow. literally. Yeah, that's okay? amazing. Yeah, yeah. So what I, as a content provider, am I sitting there looking at bit shoot, you know, uh, spinning wheels while I'm waiting on band spinning wheels and YouTube spinning wheels of the, you know, steam and the mind and the spinning wheels of the float of the spinning wheel? No, I am not waiting on spinning wheels, okay? I do it one time. And it loads up to the IPFS servers in about anywhere from five to 10 minutes, you know, like a hundred megabyte file, you know, and then I'm done, 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 done. This is what they pull from me to do these other sites. Mm. I'll leave this one up. So I'm going to do it after the show. So this is how we um, do it is we pull it in from here because I want to be able to what I want to be able to uh, have a life is the yeah. first thing, yeah. you know, and I take the files and I take and I put it up and then all the others are loaded to, because I remember when video first hit the internet back in the day, when we started this stuff there, YouTube before it was, you know, Google and alphabet that was not necessarily the most popular one. There was a bunch of them. There was dozens. And you would get this one dashboard that you go bubble click, I want it to go on this platform and this one and this one and this one and this one, not this one, not this one, this one and this one. Boom. I loaded up to that one place and then it went out to everywhere. 
just like what Matt Raymer's doing. Mm-hmm. That used to be software scripting and you did it yourself and it was a service. Well, they sure as hell don't want that anymore. I've been, th- I'm old enough to have seen how this works. If they can manipulate control where ones and zeros go and they sure as shit don't want certain ones going into people's minds, they will stop it mm-hmm. and rebunk what you're doing. I, I'm explaining this to you and showing you this because I already know what they're going to do. Yeah. People that are the victims of their own success. And I understand why you've done this and where these places you've gone. I am interested in, you know, these different things, you know, there's no reason why I wouldn't do it too, but I'm not going to count on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to, and they go, no, you didn't say it right. We're going to de-platform you. If you've done the yeah, app, you know, another one that we're off of, you know, I, I don't care. And how much effort am I going to put in to load it up to there? If Matt Raymer can't make it and put it up there himself, then I don't care. And he's putting them on a bunch. I didn't even look at our channel. Mm-hmm. We had graphic artists do all the, you know, cool art of kind of, I got a channel there mm-hmm. that, and I don't care, you know, cause I don't care yeah. because we're setting it to where we're going to be decentralized. Yeah. That has to be, if we don't do that when the next, what's the next thing we got nine 11, the yep. financial crashes, yep. housing market, you know, COVID, mm-hmm. you know, we got nuclear war, you know, yep. coming up. And another war and a war war and or against your kids and taking the whatever and child protective services. If you, you gave your kid ivermectin or, or taught, taught him how to spell it, then we got to take your kid. I mean, all that I'm going, no, there's going to be plenty of reasons to take you down. We have to get to where people like you are not susceptible to the whims of they, them, those that can yeah. do it. Yeah. And that's where I'm spending my time. That's amazing, man. That's, that's, that's fantastic. And not only the content creation too, but like the monetary system as well. Like that's where they really, like they figured that piece out as well, where like they can just, you know, obviously PayPal, Patreon, these places where, you know, historically content creators have been able to, you know, make a living are no longer available, you know? And it's just like, it's devastating, man. And I, I've never been to a point where I've been able to support myself full time doing this, but it's like, you know, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Like, as far as like, like I do the uh, subscription based, you know, model also, you know, I have a subscribe star, um, subscribe star. I feel like they're, they, they're, they're pretty good. Like they haven't, uh, there's a lot of subversive. No, Oh, I didn't know. I just know that there's some very subversive content creators on there that, uh, so I just assumed that they were like a free speech type of flat platform, but I guess, no, yeah, they no. probably are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Now, just yeah. like, like float, you know, yeah. Kingsley and Aaron are good yeah, yeah. friends. Yeah, totally. You know, and I, 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 I trust their intent. Yeah. You know, right until somebody puts a 45 to their forehead, uh, Yeah, you know, and I'm going, you know, they go our policy. I go, don't care about your policy. It's your capability. That's I love that. I love that philosophy. I'd never really heard it phrased that way. It's like, like whether or not you agree with me or not, you don't even have the ability to take me down. How do you yeah. like me now? Yeah. Well, that's where Library and Odyssey comes in. Yeah. Uh, we couldn't do it if we wanted to. You know, this is um, uh, where I would always, it, it kind of got the, you know, it's an interesting story, but it, all right. I'll tell you, it's called the Catapult Channel. Did I ever mm. tell you about my no. Catapult Channel? I haven't heard it, no. I was doing this, you know, about cats and everything, and all of a sudden I could hear out the window of the studio, like 10 feet in front, meow, meow, meow. Finally, a staff member went out and picked, and inside, you know, this like, Bogan via cactus thing that was out there was this little kitten. You know, I'm sitting there talking about cats and whatever. And I go, oh, okay, we won't catapult this cat. I mean, you know, but they, uh, so that was the Lord wanted to make sure I was clear, you know, mm-hmm. cause this is what the deal was. Somebody would come on 
you know, be even, you know, Aaron and Kingsley. And I go, can I have a catapult channel? Oh yeah, absolutely, man. You're, yeah. We got knives, guns, you know, a catapult. What I go, no, 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 no. Little baby furry white kittens get a catapulted into swirl cactuses. Spines going through the eyeballs, blood dripping down, intestines going out. Little baby furry white kittens. Are you going to ban me? Feel me? Yeah. Because the internet is all about cats. Oh, yeah. One freaking even fake cat or CGI cat. There will be protested out in front of your house and their brick and mortar or something somewhere. And that's where the problem is with Odyssey. Odyssey has the capability of making it to where uh, it's not deplatformed, but they got a brick and mortar address Mm -hmm. and the SEC wants to come and explain it to Jeremy Kaufman about his, you know, token of how you're doing of you're not allowed to, we got, well, tell me what I can and can't do. Tell me what fine I got to pay. Tell me to go, nah, we just want you to be our bitch. You know, mm. we're not going to tell you how to figure it by your way out of this. We just want to control you and your um, people that use your platform. Mm-hmm. So that's where, you know, Jeremy have the, and I will have this conversation. I'm going, man, I'm with you, brother. I'm on. We'll do it. Peace. You'll do it. But the count on the fact that you have a physical location. Mm-hmm. So when you do the catapult channel, if they know where the guy that doesn't even lives, they're, they're going to be camped out in your front yard. You feel me? Yeah. So I'm going can I have my catapult channel on your platform? That's going to be, I got flying kittens, you know, going into briar patches or whatever. Well, if you can take that down, then I'm in the wrong place. You feel me? Yeah. 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 So that's the test. Can I be secure and having my catapult channel IPFS? I can. Yeah. Which also means a lot of other bad stuff too. You know, they'll come after do whatever, but that is the nature of what we're talking about. Decentralization. Yeah, totally. Down to the individual forever and always. Amen. Yeah. So this is what I'm working on. I'm going to be sharing with you as we make progress. Yeah. We're working on the coral thing now with a lot of the IPFS stuff too. When we get done, it's internet three point kiss my ass, man, I'm all over it. Yeah. And, if we can take those files that we put up and Raymer can put on all these other platforms, fine. I don't care. Put them up, take them down, whatever doesn't make any difference. We're over here with micropayment support from a crypto. That doesn't go to my freaking bank account. Yeah. That's not KYC. That's yeah. not surveilled. Totally. That's not blocked. That's not confiscated. That's not, you see my point? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. As, as you're successful and you're doing some big giant love bus Liberty tour to save the planet and whatever. And that money's ours and not yeah. yours now because we can't. Yeah, man. As soon as you're getting cyber attacks from Mossad, like, you know, you made it. Like, that's that's my goal. My goal in life is Look, to start getting uh, cyber attacks from Mossad. <laughs> well, you know, this is um, because I, I share this stuff with you because, one, I, you know, the audience probably knows a lot. They go, oh, there it goes Ernie again. Shut up. But, <laughs> you know, it's exactly for someone like you. Mm. The fact that you're taking on these controversial issues, you know, you know, rebunking the debunk of, you know, bite me. That's a big giant freaking bullseye on your forehead, man. You might as well just, you know, put wear a t-shirt with a bullseye on it. <laughs> well, you know, and then also the world we're moving into, you know, I, I really wanted to stress the fact that my, my goal now is to really focus on solutions as well. Really, really focus on solutions, community building. And that's eventually going to oh, be, that's going to be a too. threat. That's going to be like the biggest threat. And I know that you're all about that too. And that's why I, I really respect you as well. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why I, uh, 
but the but I feel like a lot of content creators that are talking about solutions are also very heavily targeted as well. Like that's that's a big thing. Like it's like going back to Owen yeah. too. Like like Owen is talking about the solutions like first and foremost above any and all everything else. And then like you see how they treat him. It's just insane, you know. So yeah. you know, a lot of the you know different uh, guys that you know, there's a lot of different channels they have of people that have been deplatformed, and you know, I don't want to name any names, mm-hmm. but. Um, we'll go on there. There'll be 10, 20 people up there. And a lot of them complaining about how they got deplatformed and be where I'm going. Yeah. What's your solution? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're working on solutions over here. Yeah. But we need to bitch and they're doing it wrong. I mean, you know, I'm like, (laughs) I mean, seriously, what'd you think was going to happen? Yeah. So I've been around long enough to see that all you have to really understand is their intent. Mm-hmm. What is their intent? Their intention is to shut you up. Mm-hmm. Their intention is manipulate you with their rhetoric of blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Their intent is to get what they want and screw you and yeah. what is going to happen in the next generation. So once you realize their intent, now Dave, um, that was Ike did this. He goes, um, God, what the hell is his first name? David. You know, is it David Ike? David, David Ike. Yeah. Okay, so I I remember he did a an Arcapoco a few years ago. He goes, if you know the destination, you can see the journey. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying that, and I'm going, man, you are right on. If you know where they're going, you see all the stuff that they got to do to get yeah, there, and totally. they're doing it. Yeah, you know, I'm going, and what do they want? That they're the arbiter of the ministry of truth. I mean, the fact that they even came out with this thing, I'm like, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> they actually tried you know? to pull that off. Yeah, you give we'll give them twenty bucks for even trying. You know yep. they're going to do it. They're yeah. going to do whatever the hell they're going to do. You know, and what's our solution? So rebunk. What are some of the issues that you're going to bring up that you think uh, is going to you know, yeah, you know, not put you in their favor? Oh wow. Well, let's see. Um, God, I don't know. So I met a guy at, uh, for example, at Float Fest that uh, you know seemed to have uh, quite a good handle on the Sandy Hook situation. And I know that's one of those. Forbidden things you're not allowed to talk about. So I, I said, I said, hey, bro, we got to get you on. Let's do a deep dive into Sandy Hook and and kind of see like what's going on. And especially in this day and age, like, yeah, they're not going to like that very much. Oh, I got a good one for you. Okay, so uh, do you remember? Do you remember the uh, the gentleman who threw a shoe at George W. Bush? Do you remember that? Uh, yeah. yeah. The Iraqi press guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have a translator, and I've been in contact with him, and I'm, we're trying to set up a date to have him on the show. So there you go. <laughs> so that that would be a good one. That would one. be awesome. You know, yeah. we got one question I'd like to you know, have asked mm-hmm. is, um, what did he really think was going to happen to him yeah. when he did that? Yeah. Because in um, the Arabic world, you know, the sole of your feet, throwing a shoe, that's like a big, giant insult mm-hmm. of, you know, you're off of your head kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I'm just... I'm wondering what was he trying to say and what was he willing to take as punishment? What yeah. do you think was going to happen to him? Yeah. You know, yeah, totally. it's rare that you get somebody to do that. Yeah. Staged, yeah. Know. Yeah, man. I'm just trying to like stick my thumb right in their eyes as much as possible on the one hand, but also, you know, building community, man. That's just been like such a, like, Define you know, that. What, what, what are you talking about? Okay. Community? Totally. Totally. Well, I love, I love like what you're doing with the IPFS, with all these decentralized systems and just the idea of decentralizing in general, like that just goes back to just the idea of just like agorism and, and parallel societies, parallel structures, you know, um, making the old system obsolete, right. Building our new system that makes the old system obsolete. Um, 
And, and for me, you know, I wouldn't probably be here today if it wasn't for, yeah, Pirates Out Borders. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is, this, we're speaking. Letters of Mark, man, yes. and they're awesome. Yeah, we're, 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 I know that this is, this is very much what you're all about. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, yeah, man. And, and I really, it's so crazy too, because like this COVID thing, like just activated me, really. It really did. You know, we started Truthzilla after. COVID, like it was like maybe April, like towards the end of April is when we really started putting the pieces together and starting, uh, well, I mean, putting the pieces together to start a podcast. Like we knew right away that this is a bunch of crap, right? So, but it was very early on in that process that we like saw the alarm bells and we knew that we need to get uh, involved and find other like-minded people in our community. Because back then, man, I mean, 2020, there was so much uncertainty, especially in Oregon. I was in Oregon, Eugene, Oregon, you know, everything was just going ballistic man yeah dude it was insane you know obviously it was uh after the george floyd thing like it was just like it was a very toxic place to be for all people involved like you know nobody was having a good time in oregon i guarantee you that and so we realized we needed to find other like-minded people and so that's when we got involved with freedom cells and the thing that i always say about freedom cells is like go to freedomcells.org, look for a cell in your community. And if there isn't one, then start one. And that was our experience. So we, Portland actually had a really good one going on. And so we went up and visited Portland. Um, that's where I met uh, Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pilled, who's, uh, you know, one of my buddies. And he does a fantastic show where he just uh, red pills his mother-in-law, uh, who's a really good sport, but he brings on like guests to, uh, you know, red pill his mother-in-law. It's a fantastic show. Everyone should go check it out. Uh-huh. Deborah gets red pilled. You should have him on. Like you should have Deborah and, uh, and send Adam me, on. Send it's, me a list, yeah, yeah. man. I'm I will. All over it. I will, dude. They're, they're great people. But anyway, uh, Adam invited us up to the first freedom cell meetup. And, uh, and we were just like, wow, this was like, this is like, yeah, just imagine like it was like maybe July, 2020. And, uh, we walked into a room and they were already like talking about like chemtrails and like CIA mind control. And then we started talking solutions, right? Like having like meetups, skill sharing, things like that. And we were just like blown away. Like, oh my gosh, we need to start something like this in Eugene. So that's what we did. We started our own freedom cell. Uh, we started putting on meetups It started off like in the park. And then we found like a dance studio that was, uh, sympathetic to the cause and they let us meet there. And, uh, we just started doing this man. Like, and we, I met some of the coolest people ever. We, uh, actually put on like a big festival, like a free, our own little freedom festival. You know, uh, we went up to Squatch Fest, uh, early 2021 and got super inspired. And just within a few months, we threw together a little freedom festival in Oregon. We had like maybe 150 people show up. So it was a legit event. We had speakers, music, like right in the middle of 2021 summer, like everyone was just like having a rough time. And so that's what I'm talking about, man. And so like part of my move out to, to, to Nashville, out to Tennessee, you know, I was search, I was seeking for that type of thing as well. And, and, and part of me is like, you know, there, there was a lot of people out in Oregon. There were, there were some good people, but like, you know, here's the way I've kind of been characterizing it. You know what I mean? It's like not to really say anything against anybody, but it's like in Oregon, COVID happened and people like kind of just woke up and realized, wow, like maybe my freedom is important. Maybe it's something I never even considered before. You know, I didn't even realize that, you know, I took my freedom for granted. And I, and I consider myself maybe in this category too, but that's really a lot of Oregonians, a lot of us. We're just like, wow, I never really realized like, like this is something that I actually need to fight for. You know what I mean? And it's like, it caught people off guard and, you know, we scrambled and did our best and, you know, I've, but you know, right now where I'm at, like, hey, I want to, let me, let me talk to you about yep. that a little bit. You know, first, you know, to clear this up, you know, you, you left. Oregon to go to Nashville. Yeah. Why? Cause you just get away from Oregon. Yeah. That's part of it. That's part of it too. And that's what really what I was getting at saying is that like, you know, I kind of want to move to a place where like, you know, 
people like 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 the don't tread on me types and like 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 freedom liberty these things are like core fundamental values that people like have always kind of had you know what i mean like oregon that just kind of like everyone just kind of woke up to it one day you know what i mean does that make sense like i want to go to a place where find community where yeah, it's no, like I, I want to talk about that inside, yeah, yeah. but i want you to finish you yeah, know yeah. your yeah. your reason for going to nashville well, was to get a you know to find more like-minded kind of an environment yeah 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 an environment of like because it's very few and far between like we did some cool things out in oregon but i just like and i was really trying to like continue to to expand and grow fighting something there was a like a fog a mind fog there that you were up against or yeah businesses or something you feel yeah you have headwind all the time or something absolutely 100 percent. and it's like for for me and my profession too so like i've been a drug and alcohol counselor for like the last four years. Right. And I lost my job because I wouldn't take the injection effectively. That's just what it came down to. And so, you know, that, that I mean that, and then that sent me off in this other trajectory, but yes, every, Oregon is just like, I just felt like, yes, the headwind is a very good way to when describe you it. You started your podcast. You did it with friends. Who, who was your crew? Uh, I mean, why, why did you do it? Who had the skills? Who was the, the one that, you know, I mean, you know, why did you even have the confidence to just do it. I mean, it's yeah. because I can't. <laughs> That's literally what it was, man. Microphone, you know. We we Ed and I. Ed was my co. Ed and Megan were my two co-hosts, and like uh, we, Ed and I were big into podcasts. Like we listen to podcasts a lot, and uh, you know, particularly like truth podcasts. Uh, he kind of came from like I the do that. yeah yeah exactly exactly. It really was that. It was literally that. It's like I could do that. We went to Guitar Center and bought some microphones, and we just started doing it. You know what I mean? We didn't even know. We didn't even know what we were doing, and it just kind of just took off. It's crazy. But, uh, but, but yeah, man, like, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, man. I wanted to get out of Oregon for a long time and, uh, we ended up, uh, deciding to, to not do the show anymore. The Truthzilla show. Well, I ended up leaving the show, um, and, and they ended up not continuing it. So that's, uh, that's, that's, that's how that went. And, uh, I, and so that's where I started the new show and I'm just, and I've wanted, but that's really the only thing that was keeping me in Oregon. So once that fell away, I was like, okay, I owe it to myself now to, okay. to go. Now, now so, I want to ask some questions yeah, yeah. about that, you know, um, <clears throat> so you understand the premise. Uh, it was September of 19 when the federal reserve started doing, it was a bank bailout of mm-hmm. whatever more crap behind the scenes that they called it whatever the repo window, the blah, 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 blah. But I knew what it was, you know, they were bailing out the banks again and doing it kind of stealthily. And then they're buying up treasury. I mean, it it was the beginning of the end and I'm going, yep, here we go. They're going to have to do some kind of stimulus thing. This is going, they're going to, they're going to dip in again and start, you know, helicopter money and everybody or something. This is, I already see where this is going and sure as hell they wanted to crash the economy are doing something while Trump was still in office, you know, before the elections, that kind of deal. So uh, we had already done vaccine education summits, one in 16 and one right then it was in September of 19. And Dr. Judy, Mike, if it's been at both of them, I've been interviewing Dr. Judy like every week for like ever. And it's only in the last couple of months that we kind of, you know, talk to her every few weeks or something like that. And we're just friends, you know, and we'll get caught up because I was trying to keep her from getting killed. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot oh, of yeah. people are like, like, you know, I keep on, I keep pinging them all the time until they don't need me anymore. Like Cody Wilson in the early days and Dr. Judy and other people, because I just go, man, no, if you're going to be on the list, be on top of the list. It's safer. There you go. I love that. Sure, yeah, I make awesome. sure that they're on top of the list, you know, so that, you know, they just don't, you know, you can't get hold of them. Like, Hey, 
Somebody put, I, I'd start being a pain in the ass. I want this person to call me or I'm going to be, I'm going to call his mother and high school girlfriends until I find out they're not dead. I mean, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we do that and have some success with that. Well, you know, Dale big tree and a bunch of other big names and, you know, uh, in the vaccine movement and so on will come on. Well, that was 19. And right when they did this fed thing, I go, here we go. Dollars done, man. I could, that was one thing. Dr. Ron Paul was always, he goes, you know, when the petrodollar goes, when they all start flooding back, everybody else to start using something else and not us, now it's over, you know. So it was inevitable in my mind in um, September of 19. So by October, I'd made a decision. I told uh, Donna, my wife, and I, we discussed it. And I said, we got to get small. We got, you know, we had a big, you know, home and, you know, all kinds of stuff. We got a couple of acres and, you know, aquaponics and chickens and goats and turkeys and, you know, my barn and lab and, you know, crypto mining and this, that and studio. And we're getting kind of top heavy and I'm going, yeah, we're not going to be nimble. You know, we need to, we need to get small. So we liquidated everything that we didn't have to have. We gave a bunch of our food and this and that and so on the storage we had to my kids and grandkids. I got four kids and 12 grandkids. So there's plenty of, you know, bedroom closets mm-hmm. to put all my crap. So it went to them. Then we decided, all right, we got a big storage van, like one of those Mayflower moving trailer van things. And we put all the stuff that I had to have, like my tools and studio stuff. So we put that in there then, uh, and we got the bus and we started building the studio out and all this kind of stuff, getting it logo painted and all that kind of crap. So by May of 2020, we were ready. We had a big party. I remember it was uh, March 21st. Donna's birthday is on the 20th. I came in from working on the bus and from New England. We get in. That was the day that they shut down, mm. did the lockdown nationally. Well, we had the party scheduled for us leaving on the 21st that Saturday. And a lot of people go, you're going to have a party? Well, the government, Mr. Libertarian, didn't you read that the government said you can't have a party? Well, hell, you can't have a party then, you know, right? And I'm going, God, man, do I really want you to come to my party? <laughs> yeah, you're you know, uninvited. Like, I go, you know, you just uninvited yourself. Yeah, but you'll be having fun without me. That's not fair. You know, so I could just see, it's like, wow, where's this sickness coming from? So Donna and I did that, take another month or so working on stuff. Boom, we leave in May. We went around the country, We've gone through Oregon. We go to Washington State, to Maine, to Key West, to, you know, Southwest, uh, back and forth across a bunch of times over the last couple of years. And we're on our way up to Washington again now. We intentionally didn't hit the big cities. We went to a lot of people that were doing stuff. They were in trouble, county whatever, shut down their restaurant, their business, their retail, taking their kids, threatening them with whatever the hell. We'd show up with signs and doing the show and being buttheads. I could see that rural America and a lot of the freedom community was not buying this stuff. They were just not. But that's not what you got in all the the lamestream media, the media so last century. They were uh, wanting to make sure everybody thought that they're the only one that didn't get the vaccine. The only one that, you know, they, they didn't love grandma. They're trying to kill grandma. You know, they were all the only one they were using every bit of media that they could to convince everybody that if you didn't do it, you're the bad guy and you're stupid. No matter what the evidence was as time, you know, that's when your 
you know, um, you know, your rebunk was starting to come in. Everything that they were saying that you had to do, and we're calling mm-hmm. BS on it. Mm-hmm. Where I'm interviewing all the scientists and people that you know, of course, Dr. Judy and a bunch of others. I could see that this too shall pass at some point. We're going to be looking at, why was I so stupid to put up with? Why did I do? I wish I did. My kid died. This thing happened. I can't get rid of this ailment. I've I've been so screwed up, you know, in my body. And all they had to do is just ignore all these guys and do what they wanted. Your time in Oregon, before you decided to go to Nashville, Mm -hmm. while all this was going on, and you were in what? In a... Metropolitan area or more rural area? Um, it was the town was Eugene. It was like a hundred thousand people. It was not really a big city. It's like a medium city. I was uh, so it yeah. has a Home Depot. Yeah, but, it has a couple Home Depots. Yeah, you know, so ooh, a couple. Ooh, yeah, goodness. two. Yeah, yeah. Metropolitan. Okay. Yep. So, but you know, I'm kind of familiar with the area. You know, you get kind of rural and you know woodsy, and people are out in the whatever. Yeah. What did you feel? And I had a bunch of experiences of this. You talked to the president of the Chamber of Commerce or that. You talked to the retail owner of this, the miner, the logger, you know, the you know, the retail owner, the restaurant owner, the you know, the whatever. And I go, You saw the flatten the curve, the two week thing turn into a whatever, and then you started having the pushback to stay in business. Yeah, we were gonna die. And a lot of the uh, people in the town did. You know, it just closed up, you know, the whole small town or whatever. They're done. Okay. All right. Would you do another lockdown? No. If you did, would you survive it? No. Do you believe that they did this to do away with the middle class and the entrepreneurs and the type of people that you are intentionally, you know, in favor of their buddies over at Walmart and Amazon? Yep. So I don't see that there's going to be as much compliance next time. Mm. What was your experience? I give you that kind of background. Mm. So I, from my experience going around, what was yours in Oregon? Mm. Who were the Karens? Who was supporting it? Were they only, you know, government paycheck people? Did they have something wrong inside with them? Did they really were afraid or they just, you know, had their, little Nazi swastika on mm-hmm. and going around being mass Nazis or whatever. Mm-hmm. Tell me your experience that you were there, what prompted you to leave and you had such good luck with your freedom cell. Yeah. Who were the people in opposition to it? What was the percentage of them? Did you get infiltrated? Tell me all your experiences yeah. in that time. Totally. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So the freedom cell thing literally was the only thing that the only salvation, like did I, if we had not had the podcast, if we hadn't done anything for with the freedom cell movement, then like I would just be alone in a sea of masks and spike proteins, literally like you just feel the spike proteins in the air, dude. It's insane in Oregon, like at least in uh, Eugene and Portland, like pretty much that corridor from like Portland to Eugene, uh, you know, is pretty much the worst. And which is crazy because anywhere outside of that, like it's like a red state. It literally is a red state. Besides that little quarter, but that's where all the yeah, people the live. Same thing with Washington. Yeah, you get away exactly. From post, yeah, you know it's freaking red, man. Yeah, pissed off. Yeah, it's crazy. So you know there were pockets of freedom. I actually spent a good amount of time in Roseburg there for a while. Um, I was dating a gal that was living there, you know, and which is like outside of that corridor. So you get to see kind of a more like rural kind of conservative view of Oregon, which is interesting. But uh, you know. In Eugene, man, like it was like pretty much everybody had fallen for it. Everybody had, had was just just lockstep in line with the narrative with everything. All the businesses, 
Um, I mean, was it belief? Was it fear? Was it compliance? Was it just get along? I, I feel like it was a there was a there was a good segment of the people who were you know their own little little brown shirt enforcers, right? That would confront you at the store, just like a customer, you know, confront you at the store for not wearing a mask. Like I did not wear masks, um, you know, very rare occasions. If I had to go to like a DMV or something like that, you know what I mean? Like just whatever. Like I had, there were times that I did anyway. Yeah, I hate to admit it, but it's like it is, it is what it is. But but to my in my defense, I had like a little like a plastic little food server mask that stuck out like that, like a clear plastic one. So it was like you know whatever. So that was my that was my people didn't know what to make of that there. But anyway, I know I'm probably gonna lose a lot of street cred, you know, admitting here. Yes, I did have to wear a mask a few times, but anyway, whatever. Uh, but uh, you know, I didn't fall for the injection though, 100. percent But man, yeah, it was like you know you get chased out of stores without it. And I'm like, fine, then I'm not going to shop here anymore. Luckily there were some stores that did not enforce it like grocery store type places. And so, um, you know, you were able to just at least get food. Right. But other than that, like there was just like nothing going on, man. Everything. Well, tell me about the percentage of, um, you know, compliance on the injection. Oh. How pervasive was that? Um, I would say probably like, was, for example, like in my workplace, like where I worked at, um, the, the drug and alcohol treatment center, um, and this is a good side note too. literally everybody. Like, I don't know anybody that didn't work in there. Like even people who claim to be like freedom people, like didn't, you know, they all went along with it. Maybe except one. I know one guy who was a uh, uh, good dude that was there, but I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't know if this will get back to him. I'm going to talk some trash on them actually, because they're, they're really not a good organization, man. Like it's called Willamette family treatment services in Eugene, Oregon. And they were actually denying, patients access based on their vaccine status. And this is a really big problem because, uh, you know, these people are like the most, most impacted, like most vulnerable population in the world. Like, like, you know, homeless people, people that are trying to get clean that are wanting to do something different, but are not able to, because they're getting turned away because, Oh, sorry, you didn't get this, this experimental injection. Right. And they got to the point where like even Oregon health authority, like the tyrannical insane, People at Oregon Health Authority who created all the these crazy mandates and policies in Oregon, even they had to step in against this agency and tell them, oh, now, hold on, hold on. I think actually you're taking a little too far and you can't deny people treatment based on their vaccine <laughs> status. So, I, you know, this is, keep in yeah, mind, yeah. this was yeah. um, the 20 election cycle. Yeah. Um, you know, it had been going a little bit, you know, it's kind of March, it's go through yeah. the summer. Trump does the, I'm the, you know, I'm a warp speed. Yeah, I'm for, you know, he's still trying to tout that. And I'm like, shut up. One yeah. of the things that, you know, uh, people were supportive of Trump because he wasn't, you know, out there advocate for vaccines. And if, uh, then when this happened, he just went stupid. I, yeah, you know, whatever. I yeah. don't care. Yeah. But the, the, you guys still voting, but the, um, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. now we get into 22, you know, we had the 20 election cycle. Now the revelations of 22 and, a you know, year of Biden. Oh my God. And I'm going, what do you think Oregon's going to do at the, see, I don't trust the ballot system anyway. I don't, no. they're going to do whatever the hell they're going to do, you know, cause they can do it cause they can. And I'm going, okay. But what do you think the mindset at the, maybe the little local elections, you know, yeah. it's the city, the County, the state, you know, there's, there's the mood. There's where people are moving to how they're spending their money. What's happening to Oregon, your experience on that for us? Um, I think that people are still under the spell. I still think that they're going to vote blue across the board, you know, and it, they're just going to outnumber everybody or, or else the corrupt political establishment is going to seize whatever the votes that they're going to do. I mean, there's just going to, it's going to always be a blue state. There's nothing you can ever do about it. It's too entrenched. I don't know if it's the corruption or the people that are indoctrinated 
or both to this point where it'll, it'll I don't know, man, it would be a long shot and a long lost, you know, it'd be a very, very. Well, what do you yeah. think of your feeling towards Tennessee? Are they different? Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I, I mean, just, just here, it's just like, it's uh, all, and, and even Nashville, it's funny because Nashville is a pretty blue area. From my, my understanding, uh, entertainment industry yeah, is yeah. all blue. Yeah, yeah. You know, hell, this might yeah. as well be. You know, you get you know black rap, and they used yeah. to be you know against the cops and kind of yeah. murder, you know, and Ice T and uh, what's his name, Snoop Dogg. Man, yeah. it was they were like getting them, get them banned off the label, man. They're they're being too bad. Yeah. Then you know what the hell is Nashville? Yeah. It's just you know white trash rappers. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. But it's the same thing. You know, yeah. this country is might as well be rap. You yeah. Know? They're all America and get your vaccination. And I'm going, mm. you know, is there in the entertainment industry, you know, some voices in the country, you know, that are like, nope, nope, nope. You know, I don't trust the white man either. I mean, maybe, what? maybe I'm not that I'm not that I'm aware of. I mean, like, I feel like hey, if you on the show, man, you yeah. can find these guys. Yeah, no, there, there are some people. I mean, there's like some NBA players that I don't really follow sports or NBA or whatever. But like, I know that there's some uh, like, what is that? Jonathan Isaac, Kyrie Irving, like some of these guys took a very public stand at the expense of like millions of dollars. Right. And all sorts of criticism. I mean, there's people out there that have been taking stands or like maybe in the entertainment industry, but they've probably been completely depersoned to the point where I see, I see, I can't remember their names now. You see, they've done such a good job of memory holding it from my own brain that I don't even remember who they are now, now that I'm on the spot, but <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, but Tennessee's great, man. Like I've met nothing but just amazing people. And I've had a couple interactions with people who, you know, see the world, uh, differently, you know, maybe of a more left perspective, but like, it's not like this confrontational, like end of the world thing. Like it is in Oregon. Like I've been, like, it's just, it's just like people are like possessed out in Oregon. It's insane. Like it really truly is diabolically insane. So okay, I don't know. Let me, let me go ahead yeah. and make this observation. Yeah. Tell me, you know, if you recognize this, were you involved in politics? And you know your involvement in these kind of issues and freedom stuff yeah. was motivated by what? What? What was done to you? What? Who did you meet? What happened? Why? Why do you even care? You know, it's interesting that you ask that. You know, I I don't know. I don't know. I think I've always kind of been uh, a little more like conservative minded. I guess you could say. Um, I had uh, like my dad growing up. He was he was definitely conservative. He like he would listen. To, I remember I used to carpool with him because he worked uh he worked like he used to drive in the car with him a lot he always listened to michael savage i always remember listening to michael savage and just like yeah like yeah that's right damn it yeah you know like kind of identifying with like that rhetoric uh America. yeah yeah and then my mom was very liberal very progressive and it's like the only time my mom and dad ever fought growing up was over politics right i remember like during the clinton years for example i remember it was very tenuous at times but then it's funny because they made a decision as a couple to never talk about politics again and then i literally never ever saw them fight ever again the rest of my, <laughs> the rest yeah, of my life no, so I've, you know yeah. my wife and i even though we're both of faith you know yeah. we're not allowed to talk religion yeah yeah there you go you know that's you know then you got no you're doing it yeah. wrong i mean you know, yeah and um so i we just made that a matter of fact that was during the levolution it's like an 08 i remember we were traveling um pacific coast highway and uh and I just, you know what? I have a new rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Way better. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think, and so that was my growing up. I was kind of like, a, and then my sister, it's hilarious. She's always been very much like, you know, progressive, liberal minded. And then like, I had like a stint maybe like in my late twenties where I'm like, yeah, maybe I am a liberal, man. Maybe I am. You know what I mean? Like, damn it. Like, that's what, a, what year did you graduate high school? Uh, 2002, right? 2002 when I graduated. So, uh, yeah, so you're not that old. No, you're, you're, no, no. 38, 38. 
So I don't know. I had like a like a like a moment there where I thought maybe like because I saw some things in the world that kind of made me think is maybe maybe I am a liberal, right? Maybe I'm a super progressive. And so I went down that road for a minute, and then I realized no, no. No, I'm not. And now I've gone like, you know, now I've, I, I, I kind of fell under the Trump spell for a minute. And then I realized, oh, OK, now it's. Well, what was the philosophy? What, is there yeah. some consistency that you found somewhere or something? Yeah, that finally. What you know, what is that? Oh, man. You know, I really just solidified through through the whole COVID thing, really. You know, and so here I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this story. So, again, being involved in, in um, you know, the Freedom Cell movement and just like looking to build parallel systems, looking to get as far away from any sort of reliance on any government system at all, period, in any way, shape, or form, you know, becoming completely self-sufficient. Like, all these things were a result of me, you know, in response to COVID, really, and uh, through the podcast and talking to other people. And then I read a book called uh, The Conscious Resistance Trilogy by Derek Burroughs, where he talks about he talks about agorism and he gives me, he gave me all kinds of different other books like you know Samuel Konkin, the New Libertarian Manifesto, you know all these things to go then follow up and read. And then I realized that like like all this stuff that he was describing, it's like that's what I've already been putting into practice and putting into actual action. And I realized like I kind of like backdoored myself into like libertarian philosophy and like anarchistic like you know worldviews. Like I was like wow, I guess I am an anarchist. And I didn't even realize. You know what I mean? Like it's just like it's kind of weird how that kind of like was doing it before I even had words to describe it. You know what I mean? And so when I read that book, it kind of yeah, like, that kinda, yeah, you know, I, I always thought, yeah. you know, I was always going, I go, everybody's a libertarian. They just don't know it. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I had friends that go, nah, some yeah. people just aren't. Man. Yeah. And then I'm going, but why? And then I started to realize, and this is the big realization I, I do, um, the Trump report, you know, <laughs> since, the summer of 15 with Dr. Yeah. Frank Tamburi. He goes, now don't be a hater, Ernie, but I want to come on every week and we'll do the Trump report. I go, that's funny. Hell yeah. yeah that's Bring hilarious. your shit on. Cause I'm just like, you're still voting. I mean, you know, like, so we have a lot of fun, but um, it really came down to a cultural thing. You know, what's going on, you know, it's a culture deal, but um, it, it was the conversations around sociopathy, you mm. know, so what's a sociopath, a sociopath next door, a psychopath. What you hear this stuff, the hell does that even mean? And then it all of a sudden having explained to me by him and us discussing it and going over, you know, different characteristics and so on. Then it all made sense to me. All the politicians, all the bureaucrats, all the lawsuits that I had against, I, I could never understand I'm going, what is wrong with these people? There's something wrong mm. with the way they're thinking or their worldview or their physiology or how their brain works. Something I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? There was something wrong with them. And what it is, is they lack empathy. Yeah. They can't associate, you know, or, or, or empathize with somebody else's feelings and they don't care. And then the psychopaths, hell, they even enjoy pissing you off. I mean, they're just, you know, being evil. So I'm going, I've met, you know, I, I never understood this one legislator. What the hell is wrong with their sociopaths? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, ding, it all clicked. I go, no, not everybody is a libertarian because they don't empathize with somebody else's rights mm-hmm. or somebody else. The only way I know how to be free is to advocate everybody being free. Yeah. You know that? I mean, you know, it's not that, you know, I don't love them. It's not that I, I don't empathize with them. I don't, but that's, I'm, I'm selfish enough to want it for myself. So I got to advocate it for everyone yeah. or all of a sudden, 
you know, when they came for me, nobody helped because yeah. I wasn't for them. So I'm just, so I am like really pushing the decentralization down to the individual mm-hmm. that the purpose of government, that's why the show is called declare your independence because in the declaration of independence says the only reason you have a government, the sole purpose of any government didn't say what kind they just said, all right, you're going to have a government. It's to defend individual rights. And if it doesn't do that, it's time to alter or abolish it. It's your right, your duty. I don't know about that duty part. You know, that might be a moral question, Mm -hmm. but you know, the thing is, is that that's the only reason you have a government is the defense of the individual doing whatever the hell they want to pursue their own happiness, protect their life, their liberty, their property. Well, what happens is the governments now, they're the ones that are the biggest threat to it. So I'm going, what the hell good are you? When they have a war and some thermonuclear devices go off, I go, you failed. Yeah. You're done. You know, you're supposed to stop that very thing. And you're all your bullshit created and you're done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't think they see that. I don't think they understand when they do these kinds of actions and this draconian mandates of you got to enforce and threat of force that they create a whole bunch of Scott Armstrongs that say, and I'm moving and I'm doing a rebunked uh, podcast and we're yeah. uh, freedom selling and getting with like minds of, yep. you know, creating a parallel bite me. You yep. know, they don't see that or don't see the power of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, you guys just keep up your, your crap. It's like they're cattle prodding, you know, the herd, you know, to go away from them. I mean, you know, what do you think was going to well, happen? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe not away from them. I think what they're trying to do is cattle prod us, like, into some sort of conflict with them. They want us to come at them violently. Yeah, they, when yeah. When does that ever happen? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's more and more the realization that why do I even want to do battle with them? Yeah. Wrestle in the mud with no. this guy? No. Screw up. Yeah. Yeah. That's keep your money. Yeah, that's you the know? beauty. That's the beauty of agorism in, in, in and of itself is that like, we don't have to fight them. We literally like, we don't even have to go protest them. We literally don't have to do any of this stuff. We just got to be over here focusing all of our energy. And, and don't get me wrong. Cause I love protests and I kind of like made a reputation with a bullhorn a little bit, but that's all right. That's a separate story, but like go and go, but we don't even need to fight them in their battles. We don't need to confront them head on. Cause we'll never win in like a hot civil war. We'll never like be able to overthrow this government. What we can do is just, focus all our energy and being over here building our own and making them obsolete and then we can just make fun of them we'll get so big you know we can just like like once it's like mass adoption I'm agorism we can just sit out there and just point at them and laugh look at those guys they're so they're so pathetic over there i can't believe they're still well, holding on to that that you think you should do i mean like um well i, I don't want to influence yeah. you by rattling off a bunch you know no. I, I, you first i mean okay you think First thing you should do is this and this and this and this, okay. and not that. And what. All right. Well, first step, I, I feel like, okay, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to eliminate our dependence on the system as much as humanly, physically possible. And, you know, I always encourage people to start a podcast. I always encourage, and there's been a lot of people that I know of that started a podcast, you know what I mean? And that reached out to me for help, you know, stuff like that. Like, like find alternative revenue streams. Like, even if it's just like a minor, like be becoming like an affiliate marketer for like a pro a product that you, you, you like, you know what I mean? If you have like any sort of social media that you can sell on, like, like financial depend independence is huge. You know what I mean? Ernie, like I was talking to you right before the show. This is like, I feel like I literally just unlocked the secret of the universe like a week ago. And it's so crazy. And, and, and I hope maybe somebody is find some inspiration in this, but like I moved to a new city. I've been applying for jobs. I've been like, you know, looking for work. I've had a couple of interviews. I actually got a job offer as a ghost tour guide. So I was going to be a ghost tour guide, which is kind of cool. Right. Uh, but, uh, but, but like, 
So then I, I was talking to my friend Dean Reiner, who also does a fantastic show called the Up Is Down podcast. It's a great, highly well-produced show, like fantastic. Um, and he he was in Portland. He moved into a rural community outside of Portland a little bit. And he said he was just doing like odd jobs. Like he was just like being able to support himself. So he's a former post office, postal worker, you know, mailman, working for the U.S. government, right? Which if you knew Dean and you like once you listen to enough of his shows, you realize like him working for the government is just crazy. right? So anyway, uh, he moved out and he started like he's been telling me like how he's just been doing odd jobs. You know what I mean? He worked, he like volunteers at the local fire department there, the volunteer fire department. And I'm like, dude, that's so awesome. Like, how do you do that? How do you go from like working for the government in Portland, Oregon to like living in the rural community, like working for yourself? Like, how do you do that? And he's like, well, dude, I just like I made a Facebook post. I just made a Facebook post and said, hey, I got some tools. Uh, I got a truck. I'm available for work, odd jobs, stuff like that. Um, I, I made a post up at like the the farm, the feed store or whatever um, on the bulletin board. And, uh, you know, he, he started getting enough work just even though in, even in the small community that he's in. And I was like, you know, that's kind of a great idea. So I'm like, I'm going to awesome do that. Idea. Yeah. So so I, I, I got on. You know, I have like an old Facebook account. I went on there and I've, I joined a bunch of like local Nashville groups, like a gardening group, like a middle Tennessee contractor group. You know what I mean? Just some like basic, basic Facebook, yeah. like some buy, sell, trade groups, stuff like that. And I, I typed up a pretty, you know, well-written piece saying like, you know, I, I'm new to town. I really, uh, you know, I have some tools in the truck. And if you need a hole dug, if you need some help around your property, you know, let me know. And uh, I, I also made a point of saying that, you know, in addition to trying to find a way to support myself, you know, pay the bills, I'm also looking to network with other people that are living a more agrarian type of lifestyle, like a more like homesteading type individual, stuff like that. So I just put that out in the universe and man, I got like hundreds of responses. Like I can't even tell you. And it's just like overwhelming. And so I'm just like, I've, I've, and I'm asking like a premium price and I can pick and choose what jobs I do, like what days I want to have off. And it's like, okay, now I'm my own boss. I'm just like, okay, well, I guess this is what I do now, right? Until did, I can podcast. Su surprise you um, uh, more than you thought it would? Yeah. Were you surprised by the yeah. response? Yeah, I was surprised by the response and also the quality people. Like I have met some of the most amazing people just through doing this. And I've made some amazing connections. Um, I've got some ongoing work. I'd like this really nice ranch. I was doing some like tractor work out there earlier today. I'm still covered in a bunch of like uh stain that I was helping them stain their their deck with but like it's crazy man like I, I I've literally just like yeah I'm not gonna punch a clock or have a boss ever again because I'm just gonna do this it's crazy I'm gonna actually probably like just hey, get a business here get a business license for this black, and everything yeah black market Fridays yeah, yeah now this is uh you know something that um uh Mike Swatek set up and then uh James Corbett and I do a show regular and yeah. We were like, you know, we need to have a, you know, cause we did black market Friday yeah, yeah. and we we're just kind of, you know, uh, day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, totally. I love it. Black market yeah, Friday. All your money at Walmart and Amazon, yeah. whatever, go yeah. to support alternative vendors, alternative currency, that kind of thing. Yeah. So then we go, we got to do it every week. I mean, it's, we got to learn it now. Yeah. So in one day we had like 200 people sign up. Nice. You know, the reason we go gone Ross, you know, going, going, gone, yeah. golf kind of thing. We're like yeah. going gone Ross because this is kind of what Silk Road was all about. Yeah, yeah. Ross Ulbricht. You, know, yeah. you know, having this bypassing the man. They yeah. go, oh, it's drugs and crypto and yeah, whatever. It's about, you know, being outside of the system. So you want to do list your business for free. Just go up here and you fill out this. You sit at the mic and he puts you up and there's, you know, a whole bunch, you nice. know, hundreds of, you know, and these are just categories, you nice. know. So it's, um, you know, there's a bunch of people 
that just doing whatever they're doing yeah. and they're selling it on here. So it's kind of like a, you know, a Facebook uh, yeah, that's great. marketplace kind of thing. That's great. But it's a piratey kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. And this is, and the reason we knew this was going to be successful, and I, I tell you just from experience was this. We went to, um, we were doing the show. We were always talking about, especially with uh, Dr. Frank and I, when he was raised by his grandparents that were, you know, uh, alive during the depression mm -hmm. and they go, if you want to never starve, you know, you want to do well, you want to make sure that you're going to have a job and you can feed yourself. If you can heal people, mm -hmm. if you can fix things. And, um, and there was something else, you know, but I think it was pretty much, you know, fix stuff and heal people. Yeah. So, you know, mechanics, doctor, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, the handyman thing is, man, a jack of all trade. I need somebody to do and kind of change this outlet of putting, I can't reach up and kind of that and I'm busy and I'd rather pay some company. You know, I got a ton of that. Yeah. Well, if you got some tools and, oh my God, a pickup truck, you're everybody's new best friend. Yeah. Pickup truck. Yep. And um, so I'm going, yeah, well, my son-in-law, he works, uh, one of my son-in-laws works for Nicola, you know, in Phoenix area, you know, doing that. But, you know, uh, on the side, he has gas automotive and it's, uh, you know, his initials G A S, you know, it's, uh, uh, George Amador Sanchez or whatever. So it's gas automotive, right? Well, he puts, you know, he gets a Facebook thing he puts up or he does a Google ad and you can turn Google ads on and off. Mm. Okay. So he would do that, turn it off. Boom. He get busy for a couple of, bah, turn that shit off, you know, yeah. you know, and then he'd finish up whatever. And then boom, it happened yep. again. So you just turn them on and off, on, off, yep. on, off. So that might be a way for you to do it, you know, for what your thing is. You know, people go handyman Nashville, boom, you pop up yeah. and you pay for the whatever. Right? Yep. So when he did that, and I remember we're going, if you can fix stuff, well, what happened? Used cars go through the roof. Their average age now is way more than you know, 13 years or something now on the road. They're having, you know, people are fixing stuff and they're waiting to go electric or they can't afford a new one or they have a supply chain on chips and Ford shuts mm -hmm. down. I mean, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, kind of fixed stuff. Well, I was a bunch of mechanics made a shitload of money off of me the last couple of years. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. You know, just recently. Yeah. So if you can fix things, if you can make it go where, if you can maintain whatever the hell do it, you're going to be in business, especially yeah. if you're freaking, you know, like take a bath and brush your teeth and, you know, and wash your clothes and yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're top of the freaking list. Yeah. You know? And the other thing too, that's, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Well, I, I was just going to say, that's the point I wanted to make. I was just going to say, and you know, also the way I'm looking at it and uh, it's like, you know, if, if things were to get really bad, you know, in society, let's say some sort of crazy economic crash or dollar collapse or petrodollar situation, like, you know, some potential starvation situation. Like if you have these skills, if you have like the, the will ability. Yeah. yeah. You will not starve. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You will not starve. And actually you may thrive in, a, in an environment like that. Like those people that are like reinforcing right. themselves like right now. And like, like and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to go out there and I'm, I'm trying to learn, I'm learning skills. Um, I'm, I'm already in the last week I've learned how to do so. Like I, I didn't know how to drive a tractor until I got this job and now I'm driving this tractor. I'm doing all this crazy stuff. It's like, you know, I want to position myself to be in the best position possible if something were to happen. And so, yeah, I mean, I oh like, no, this yeah. is awesome. I think yeah. you got a great future. In this. Yeah. this is good. Now that, then the problem comes where, yeah, your competition for somebody and they call the man on you. Oh, I know. They want to, they want to check your bank account, that kind of thing. Yeah. Let me give you an idea. In the yeah. free state project up there, I have yeah, a lot yeah. of friends up there. And one good friend of mine, um, 
He goes, all right, you need your uh, lot plowed, snow plowed or whatever. You need this fix or this diesel or whatever. That's $200. If you're going to write a check and put it on in the IRS and didn't kind of fill it out and you write it off of your blah, 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 blah. That's $200. Or it's $100 for cash, $75 uh, if it's Bitcoin or crypto or silver. Pay me yeah. silver, you get a big discount. Yeah, yeah. So you could you could do that yourself. You go, yeah, no, I only deal in crypto. Oh, I give you a big discount if it's in silver. I get, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, I don't have... Well, you need a crypto wallet then, or I don't do, mm-hmm. I got, I got 200 guys here want me to do business. I can only service 50 of them and I got 75. They'll do it in crypto. So sucks to be you and you're out. You know? I like you that. Yeah. yeah. Give myself a, a non KYC wallet and just say, there you go. Drop it off. Give me some pirate chain, dude. Sorry. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> so Danny says some, he did, um, uh, you know, does the crypto show, yeah. you know, he's not, you know, big in it. And his big thing was roofing. You know, he'd always follow where the hell, hell, hail damage was, you know, it's going to be, but you need a new roof. Mm. And, um, so he would do roofing at discount for crypto, you know, yeah, made out then, yeah. you know, yeah, it, totally. it went up more. Wow. you know, so these are things, especially when you're in demand like this, you can set whatever, however you want to get paid yeah. and they can suck it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, man. And then like it's a, it's a very empowering feeling. Like I've just been like riding high this last week. It's incredible, man. And I just hope somebody out there listens. Like if you're looking for a job, looking for work, like the way Dean said it for me, to said it to me that really resonated with me. He said uh, you know, make your make your life your career, you know? Like just just make your life like just go out there and just, you know, take a chance on yourself. Like bet on yourself and just do something like this and just say, "Hey, I may not like, and I was upfront. Like, I don't have like all the skills. I don't have any formal training in a particular trade or anything like that. But like, hey, I'm an extra set of hands. You know, I'm some extra muscle. I can dig I'm a not hole. An idiot and you I know, can watch videos on yeah. oh. to figure out how to fix us. Huh? Yeah, exactly. I've done that. I've I've looked at watched many videos just in the last week to figure out stuff. But also at the same time, I'm here to tell you that most people out there that are doing this, like what I'm describing, like apparently really suck. And then like, I've heard horror stories, like these people that I go to do a job, they're like, they look at me at first weary and they're like, and just because like they've had such horrible experiences with some of these like handymen, like this lady yesterday told me that uh, she had a guy show up for a job to do some work in her attic. Like I can't remember what it was like insulation or something. And he asked, he said he didn't, he hadn't eaten that day and asked for a front on the money to go get some breakfast. And so she gave him like a $20 bill and said that he, she thinks that he went and bought drugs because like he came back and he was just like super high and like just crazy, just going crazy up in the attic. And she ended up telling him to leave. And I'm like, so that's my competition, huh? Okay. All right. As long as I can be better than that guy, I think I'm going to be all right. And then my experience has been is like, I go out and I bust my ass on these jobs and I do good. And they actually pay me way more than we originally agreed upon, which is crazy. Like that's almost been, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's give me a, give me a Yelp ranking. Yep. You know, they, this is the one thing that, you know, I've been an employer for a long time, had my own restaurant, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I, in the inter, this was my interview. That you're hired. You came in, you want to do, you're hired. Yeah. And you work three days. Yeah. Yeah. Two hours during dinner rush from six to eight, three days in a row. That was it. Just wash dishes yeah. because they, freaking anybody wash dishes. Yeah. yeah. At least wash dishes, you know, whatever. Cause they spend a bunch of money. I remember in corporate life, I've spent tons of money on, all the training. You got to know this. You didn't train them right. I go, it's a character thing. Yeah. You know, did they take a bath? Did they wash your clothes? Did they bring the right shoes? Yeah. Did they comb their hair? Yeah. Do they smell? 
you know, are they, you know, a dick, yeah. you know, because well, my employees, they, I had, you know, long time employees. They go, uh, they all knew eh, he ain't going to make it. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not going to make it on the schedule. So what am I looking for? Reliable. They show up on time. They do their work. They're diligent. They do what they're supposed to do and when they're supposed to do it, the way they're supposed to do it. They're not a dick. They don't intimidate anybody else. You know, they um, uh, are conscientious in their world. I mean, you could tell that in freaking certainly three rush hours. Yeah. And not I'm afraid doesn't work out. I don't have any hours for you. You're a scumbag. You know what? I mean, yeah. they'd kind of fire themselves. You know, I just kind of totally. go through and say, well, this is, you know, that's only hours I can give you. You're the dishwasher for the rest of your life for two hours a day yep. until they leave, you know, but people that you find the good people. So if you show up, when you say you stay in touch with them, you texted them, call them, you're like, only five minutes late. I got the old, whatever you're upfront about, you know, everything yeah. you do a good yeah. job. You try and take care. You build a clientele. You're going to be fine. Yeah, totally. Totally. Because yeah. Those people don't exist as much as we used to think they did. And this COVID thing, when they're giving everybody money to sit on their ass, you found out who the ass sitters were. Oh, absolutely. So this is, and and what do you think, um, how did that play in Oregon? What everybody looking for? Because I go to a lot of people. What did you learn during uh, the lockdowns and so on? You did a podcast. You kind of, you know, learned some other skills. You met some people. You fought fought for freedom. You did the freedom sell. While a bunch of people were sitting there playing PlayStation all day. Totally. Yeah, I feel like most people probably fell in that second category. Like, I'd, I just don't know. I'm, that's the funny thing about it is that, like, there's two types of people in this world. There's the people who were devastated and uh, really taken to a really dark place by COVID. And there's people who thrived bigger and better than they ever have in their entire life. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, I feel like I personally have thrived more so than I ever have in my life. And so much of it was, like what was revealed to me was so much of what was really actually important in my life and what was expendable. Like whether that's the relationships that I had or, uh, you know, certain, like the way I spent my time, uh, you know, like I really realized what really was important and then things became important that I didn't realize were important up until then, you know, it's crazy. Um, I really feel like I found a voice. I found like, like just, you know, I, I find, uh, you know, I always said that like, you know, fighting tyranny or like standing up against tyranny is a, like, is a very invigorating thing. You know, it's, it's like, it's like a, it's like an extreme sport, you know, like walking into a store, being the only person without a mask. Like that's like the new, like skydiving, that's better than skydiving. That's like the new extreme sport. You know what I mean? Let's go, like, let's go extreme sport. Yeah. Yeah, without exactly. A, without a mask. Exactly. You know, yeah, it was it was awesome to watch my wife. I mean, she yeah. just ignored them and kind of, yeah. ma'am, uh, you, do you have a mask? Yes, and she just keep walking. I mean, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, so um, uh, relationships. Yeah. That you had and you kind of lost, or yeah. you know, did did the issue of mandated vaccinations and compliance and all yeah. that? Did you lose a lot of friends and good yeah. riddance, or did you you lose a lot of friends and gee that? that really sucked. I really liked him or her, you know, I mean, you know, yeah. tell me about the relationships in your life and yeah. you know, how you gravitated towards other people. Yeah, totally. So, um, you know, if, as far as that goes, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I'm a person in recovery. I had, you know, I've been clean and sober for a long, long time, many years. And like, uh, that's a big part of my life. Honestly, that's a big part of my life. I'm very involved. You know, I talked about being a counselor. So, you know, I was very much involved, like both clinically and just as a person in the community in recovery. You know, I do a lot of Without, you know, specifically t- talking about any sort of program, any specifically, you know, I do like the 12 step type recovery. Um, 
And that's a big part of my life. You know, I go to meetings very often. I, uh, I have like a sponsor, I sponsor other men, you know, that's, that, that's been a big part of my life. And like when COVID hit our recovery community, which was a big vibrant community where like just hundreds of people that, you know, I considered them all family, you know what I mean? And, uh, when COVID hit, they, it immediately turned into just most of the people, like probably like 80% of the people, you know, fell completely for it. And, and, you know, shut down all the meetings. They closed down all the activities. They made it so that you, you know, right. you couldn't, you, we couldn't have what we had before. And there was a, you know, some group of us that were like, no, we're still going to do meetings. We're still going to, you know, we need this. Like, this is a very, very important thing. There's still addicts that are trying to get clean right now. You have to understand that, you know, we can't just close this off to them. Like, yes, we had a great opportunity to get clean when times were good, but there's still people that need help right now, you know, Actually, and, yeah. and, and like more so than ever. And so this, and so that it became a very polarizing thing. And, you know, a lot of people that I considered family, um, you know, thought that I was like the most horrific human being in the face of the planet. You know, I was, Why? I was actually, you wouldn't vaccinate or because, no, you because, meetings because or? yeah, because we still wanted to have meetings because like, you know, we, we would not do like, we were risking we, we, death of all these yeah. people. They should yeah, yeah. get drunk yeah. and not yeah. be around people. Yeah. Would, yeah. Would, Trust uh, me. And so, so, and I was, I was involved on a service level where I was actually, you know, on the, so they have like the meetings and then each meeting sends a delegate to the area meeting once a month. And I was like on the, 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 what they called, it sounds a lot more glamorous than it was the executive committee where it's like, I was a chairperson of a committee. So therefore I sat on like the board of the area and I was literally the only person on the board on the executive committee that, that felt that we should still continue to hold meetings, still continue to hold events. And so every month it was like going into battle with these people that I used to be very close with, you know what I mean? And like, they were all very hell bent on making sure all the meetings were shut down and taking meetings off the meeting list. So if an addict or an alcoholic wanted to go to a meeting, they would go to the website and they would look for a meeting to go to, but they made sure that all those meetings were taken off of the internet so that people would not know where to go to get help basically. And, uh, why? I mean, did did you just, Everybody just looking for their gold star. That was it. You know, it was with whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But that was very much it. I feel like it was a combination of both just like, you know, just like, Oh, we have to do this, do the right thing, you know, because the government tells us to now, are they, you know, know. are they more freedom oriented or you're just too stupid? You didn't understand. And you're not, I don't know. You're a non-complier or what? Honestly, that was a big part of my deciding to leave Oregon because that's a big part of my life that I need. And so immediately upon arriving here in Nashville, I immediately started going to meetings and got plugged in with the people out here. And it's, it's awesome. I freaking love it. And thank God. But yeah, that, that, that was a really tough thing for me to lose. You know, that was a very difficult okay, thing. Let me ask some yeah. questions about this. Yeah. this is, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. You have these people that are in recovery. They're in, a, you know, AA or, you know, 12 step program or something, you know, those people that have had, the struggle with an addiction for whatever reason. And it, and it's not just alcohol. You're yeah. talking about, you know, sure. Boston, all of right? it, all of it. So I'm going, um, that kind of susceptibility or behavior is more statist or less statist. What do you think? Hmm. Uh, I would say honestly, overall, and, and this is just my, okay. So I do have some evidence to back this up. I would say less, right. less statist. I feel like people that are in that, you know, that have that struggle with that, uh, have an aversion towards like law enforcement, for example, and maybe like they don't uh, necessarily think the laws are, are all that just and proper, right? So I think feel like people who maybe have a background with that are uh, probably more uh, libertarian-minded, I would say, overall. But it's also really funny because I've noticed that there's a huge, huge, huge correlation between 
conspiracy podcasters and people that are in recovery. It's almost like, hmm, you know, like I mentioned, Sam. Well, Sam's very open about it, so you know what I mean. Like, there's Sam Tripoli. Uh, you know, I don't. I guess I don't really want to like name people because of the whole anonymity yeah, no, piece of it. Like, but brand, but yeah, Sam, yeah, yeah, oh, the yeah. There's there's yeah. so many. Well, Gordo, those conspiracy guys, he talks about it a lot. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't want to like name names, but like it's a very weird. Uh, it's a very weird thing that like so many people that are in conspiracy world are also in recovery. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's because like. <laughs> I just don't know. So, uh, but, but I think, but I think traditionally. Are would, they decentralized fans? Yeah. Do they want the, you know, homestead or they yeah. want to get away from the man or they, yeah. I mean, you know, is this a target rich environment for you? They listen to your podcast and yeah, whatever, where you're part of your army. Sure. I yeah. Mean, you know, yeah, totally. I would say so. I'd say for the most part. Yeah. 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 They're, they're very anti-establishment, you know, addicts, alcoholics are very anti-establishment. So I'm sure if they, if they, I'm sure maybe a lot of them just don't know that this is, exists, you know what I mean? So I don't know, maybe not in Eugene, so let me, Oregon. Let me though. ask you that yeah. you know, before we wrap this up, I yeah, would, yeah. you know, this is interesting perspective. Yeah. Um, it might get you your juices flowing, you know, thinking about asking people these questions. Yeah. Um, the future, is it going to be supported by um, people that are already of this mind or they're like, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Catholics that abandon the church are mm. just like, oh, the status church or the status of whatever. I'm out of here. I didn't really understand or I, you know, did or didn't or what. Or is it a sickness that they got their own addiction they got to deal with? Or they got the IV of the state in their veins or or something? Or is it something you learn or they just mm. didn't know? Are they born that way or are they manipulated? They got an addiction to the internet or to mm. information, somebody else thinking for them. Where's the solutions going to come from? Mm. It's not just th th these discussions have been going on for millennia. I mean, yeah. it's a, the things that we're talking about now, you can read John Locke or yeah. Jefferson or somebody. We, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about the same thing and they're up against the same. And I understand it more now that I understand the sociopathic kind of 5% of the population just freaking don't care. They'll slit your throat for a dime, yeah. you know, if they can get a, that kind of crap. And I'm going, okay, that explains a lot. And that's a lot of times the motivation for having a government. We, we got to have, you know, the sheriff take care of the narrative wells with the guns that dude, whatever. And then you're, then the bad guys take over the shiny badge and you're right back where you started, you know? So I'm just going, there's a, a responsibility you have to yourself and your family to, to defend against this ideology. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, you know, from your perspective, having, you know, experience with addiction, yeah. is there any correlation mm. between some people that, are not recovering that are susceptible to this. Are they susceptible to the addiction of government yeah. of being told what to do? Yeah. Are they, or are they more rebellious or something? Is there any, you know, thing you've learned of where, you know, these people are going or can be helped or take the right drug or yeah. something? I mean, that's, you know what? That's a fascinating question. I love that because like I've, I've, Put a lot of thought into this, actually, and there are very clear parallels. It's so insane that you mentioned that. I actually like, have been brainstorming. I actually want to write a book like specifically on this topic because there's so many overlaps between waking up, you know, taking the red pill, you know, like like uh, uh, the great awakening, like waking up as an individual, like waking up to the realities of the world, starting to educate yourself, 
and then the process of recovering from addiction. And you can also make the same parallels of like people who are still asleep, people who are blue pilled, people who are still trapped in the narrative, still trapped in the two party paradigm, people who are still thinking that government, big government is the solution. There are direct correlations between them and like people still trapped in addiction. And uh, one of the big ones that really stands out to me is uh, just the idea that like, okay, so I, I, you have to, you almost have to treat people who are still asleep. And we've all had this experience, you know, like trying to just wake somebody up. It's like, grab, you just want to shake them and be like, how do you not see this? You know, like, how do you not see like, like t- tower seven? How don't you under, how do you look at tower seven and not understand this? You know what I mean? Or just whatever. How could you still be wearing a mask at this point? Are you kidding me? Like, you just want to shake these people, you know, but it's also the same thing as like an, like an alcoholic, right? We probably all had alcoholic drug addicted family members and we see the destruction that they're doing in their lives. And we see, and we just want to shake them and be like, how do you not see? Why don't you just quit drinking? Uh, how do you not get it? You know, it's the same thing. And so I treat, you know, it's, it's kind of the protocol that you treat like an alcoholic, like the same way that you would treat them and like kind of our philosophy in a 12 step type modality is just like, you know, they will not change until they decide for themselves that they want to change. You know, somebody who is caught in the narrative and there's so many of them that have woken up over the last couple of years, but it would never have come about until they have something click internally that makes them yeah, want to what change. Is you know, you find out that, yeah. that switch, man, I'm all yeah. over flipping. Well, well, mean, well so that's the thing. That's the thing. And so in addiction, we call it a bottom, a rock bottom. When, when somebody hits their rock bottom, they can be so far gone in their addiction and their disease and, and, and everything running and gunning and they'll keep going. They'll keep going forever and ever until they hit that rock bottom. And it's different for everybody. You know, everybody, sometimes it's like in a jail cell. Sometimes it's like, you know, you lose a limb or you get in a bad car accident or something, something happens that just shakes your reality to the point where you decide deep down on a deep internal spiritual level that you are going to make a change and then you're going to go seek help and you're going to seek treatment and you're going to seek recovery. Okay, let right? me ask this question. Yeah. Okay. When you say it's a rock bottom thing Yeah. and usually the rock bottom is, you know, them, you know, waking up in the gutter in their own yeah. vomit. Something. Yeah. Whatever, All that you know. stuff. Yeah. It, it's usually some physical discomfort. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. You know, tragedy that yeah. happened to them personally and much less often in my observation of a broken relationship. Sure. You know, they, they cast away girlfriends, oh, yeah. parents, siblings yep. as much. It's only when they are physically yeah. in pain or something. Do you find that to be true? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, addiction and addiction in and of itself is a very selfish thing. And then that's the, the root of it. That's the spiritual nature of, of the affliction is the fact that it's completely self-centered where you will, disregard anything and everything around you, all the people you love, your jobs, your possessions, everything in pursuit of that addiction, right? That's just what it is at its core. And so, you know, if you're looking at like, like a blue pill person, like it's funny, like, so you draw the parallel. So what would a bottom therefore be to make somebody wake up? And I love asking people that, well, what was it that woke you up? What was the thing that like triggered that switch? And like, you know, it could be looked at as a kind of bottom where you didn't Kamala get in the election. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Or like seeing, like seeing how that's played out. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like, oh my God, really? Okay. Maybe these QAnon people weren't so crazy. And I'm not, I'm not a Q guy. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like, you know, but yeah. it's just like, it's just like, uh, you know, the change has to come from within and there has to be something that, that hits on such a deep level that then automatically triggers you to okay. want to, you know, you're, you're on it, man. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about this. Yeah. What? has to be the bottom for America, for the society, mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. to make this change 
not necessarily collectively, yeah. but it's so obvious. It's a trend. I mean, it's already starting. You know, you can start to see it's kind of cool to not be, yeah. you know, you know, butt kissing uh, Uncle Sam every yeah. day. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. But uh, and it used to be that was the rebel. You know, yeah. the left, it was, you know, the rebellion against the man. And now they just yeah. want to go down on the man. I yeah. mean, you know, it's just, yeah. you know, defund these guys, but fund these guys a lot. I mean, yeah. it's just a, you know, it's kind of a war. Yeah. I mean, to have the same people that are freaking out about, you know, uh, going against and even anti-war. Now, well, I got my Ukraine button on. I mean, yeah. what the hell yeah. happened? Yeah. So what do you think? And, and usually it's the economy. It's going to be, you know, petrodollar goes, yeah. it's going to be inflation out the ass. People are going to, which is, goes back to what you're talking about being able to sustain your life. And, uh, those of the ones you love and friends and, you know, uh, what we're working on is actually building, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm going, yeah, we're going to intentional community. Yeah. Living in tents. Are you? Yeah. Well, no, we got to build out, uh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. out of what straw, how you doing? Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Yep. I mean, so that's what we're focusing on totally. is the actual building of the physical. I'm not too wet, not too cold, not too hot, not too hungry, not too thirsty home dwelling yeah. thing. Yeah. Then it's how do you structure that? Yeah. What do I have to do? What can't I do? And what's your conflict resolution? And I asked those three questions the last couple of years. I very, you know, Derek bros and, you know, John Bush were sitting right here on the bus. We're discussing the same, you know, David Rodriguez had the same conversation with Chuck, you know, from float. I mean, we're sitting there having this very, I had this every festival I go to and all the people that got to have a community. We got to take care of ourselves and peace and, you know, feed and raise our children and get them out of the homeschool and whatever. And I'm going, uh-huh. Where? Okay. Yeah. And what is your deal? So I ask you, just off the top of your head, you know, you're not prepared for this, but I, you know, I go, all right, you want to have your community, but what do I have to do in your community? What can't I do in your community? And what's your conflict resolution when, yeah. you know, yeah. we don't agree on, you know, what I can and can't because and the reason before you answer, I give you, you know, kind of a heads up on that is when they say, well, you have to this, you know, what do I have to do? Well, you got, well, I don't want to do that. Okay. Well, I'm not going to go there. Well, what can't I do? Well, you can't have that. Well, I was kind of hoping on having some naked zombie dancing, you know, at the mm. whatever or hogs or whatever the hell it is I want to do. You don't want me to do. And then who's going to decide when I break a rule? Mm. How is it governed? Mm. How is that done? And if they don't have answers to that question, they're going to have the problem. I guarantee it. Yeah. I've interviewed a bunch of people. that got, you know, different solutions. What's yours? Yeah. And that's you talk about the freedom cells and you, yeah. you know, Derek and John doing their, different things and we'll help him, whatever. What would you think? Cause I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't have the solution other than I just want mine, mine, mine. And I get my little property and then I got to deal with the government and I true assume not do that. And I want like 10 acres. Cause I like to have a two acre lot. I thought it was kind of perfect for what I wanted to do. And I got four kids. So two acre, two acre, two acre, two acre, two acre, and we're done and we'll go ahead and fix it. Well, what happens when someone else wants to come in or I mm-hmm. hire, mm-hmm. you know, uh, farm hands or I do employ what is your ideal intentional community? Yeah. What are you looking for? Is it just a uh, freedom cell kind of thing? And mm-hmm. we don't share land yeah. or is share land under a certain condition? How go? Yeah, no, I think that that's a, I love that. I love that. You know, I, I, uh, I look to the freedom cell model. Absolutely. Where everybody's kind of autonomous, you know, you have your own, whether it's like individual families or it's uh, you know, individuals, 
but uh, you know, but, but also like relying on each other. I think that's a great model. Like, I mean, you, you know, the idea of like having land together and then all that, you know, I've already seen like just in the very microcosm way that I've seen, like, you know, people trying to do that. It's, it's pretty, it's very un like it's, 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 it's difficult in ways that you wouldn't anticipate or wouldn't expect. You know what I mean? When you bring strong personalities together, it's, it's a difficult thing to navigate. So I think that you would just have to find the right people if that's what you would want to do. But, uh, you know, so I, I think just like the decentralized aspect of having like individual autonomous families who, you know, see value in, in, in relying on each other and then just staying close and doing fun things together, but also like doing work together and then building together. I think that's huge and very important, you know? Um, no family. Have you had a family? Yeah. Do you have children? I don't. It's just, I'm, it's just, and that's, that's probably why I was able to make this move. I'm just a single dude just out there in the world, just doing my thing. So yeah. Oh, are you looking <laughs> to start a family? Is that, I would love to, I would love to. Yeah. That's probably on my, uh, my list to do here in the yeah, next few you're, years. You're, yeah. you're, you're so hideous. So who <laughs> yeah. the hell want to I know. Be exactly. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, you're, you're a good looking guy. What's yeah. your problem? man? I don't know, man. I just can't, I can't what? seem to hold it down, dude. I just can't seem to hold them down, man. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I know. tell you the one thing it's always, um, provide a nest. Yeah. Oh, so you want, you want to get, you know, a nice little cute little bird in your nest. You better have a nest. Yeah, I know. You know? Yeah. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Place, man. I'm working on it. Well, the other thing that I was going to say too, was that, uh, you know, in terms of the conflict resolution, you know, I, I can speak on that a little bit just because like I've been, and, and again, this is a really, you know, so much of what I've learned about life, I've learned through recovery and, and, uh, the 12 step community has a very awesome kind of place. And I would encourage people to look into this. Like, even if you're not in recovery, like look into this because they have a structure that has been able to sustain the program, like over generations and keep it intact. And they have what's called the 12 traditions. So look it up, the 12 traditions, which basically dictates like how groups can run and, and how to avoid outside interference and how to deal with conflicts and stuff like that. And then there's also the 12 concepts of service. So those are two different, and then that, that kind of delegates that t- talks about like how to run groups, like how to run like a service committee. Like say you get together to put together like a picnic, right? Then now you have a committee, the 12 concepts of service talk about, you know, how that committee should be run and how to resolve conflict. So there's actually built into that. There's a lot of good, valuable information for people that even aren't in recovery. It's very, very neat stuff. And I've been on many, many committees and I've learned how to like uh, have interactions with difficult people. And it's, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. So I definitely encourage people to look into that for sure. So. I know, look into what? Why would they actually? Oh yeah, you just just type it in. Just just Google or whatever DuckDuckGo. Just type in the 12, 12 traditions, twelve traditions, and uh, and you should be able to pull it right up. The twelve traditions. All right, you know I, I you know I I give a lot of deference to yeah. these different programs because I've yeah. had so many people that have had good luck with them, yeah. and to the point that they they know that they have to keep doing it, that yeah. they have something. Um, I don't know if it's wrong with them or some success, susceptibility to um, uh, losing their recovery status. Mm-hmm. And w- what is that? What, what does it yeah. get out of this relationship? You know, with totally, guy? totally. Well, well is- I think the philosophy being that, you know, you know, it's just like, you know, I'm just as I, I just have today. I'm, I'm clean today. And that's, that's the best I can do. You know, I don't, I can't guarantee I'm going to be clean tomorrow, but I have to keep fighting it because I could have a moment of weakness and then boof, it could all be taken away from what me. Is you know that what I, mean? weakness? I don't know. What, it, you, what, what is the desire? What is it? You're looking, you just know well, that. It's just like, I could, 
I could, uh, let's, especially today, the world is so, there's so much turbulence and so much turmoil. Like I could, uh, have a really particularly stressful day. I could hear about like, I, let's say I get a phone call right now. It says, you know, like a loved one died. You know what I mean? Like, is my first reaction to that going to be, oh, I got to go get loaded? Or is it going to be like, I need to go, I need to call somebody in recovery, for example, right? I need to like, I have to do whatever I have to do every single day to not go back to that. You know what I mean? And it's something that, sure, it's easier. You know, I have many years clean. Like, it's not, it's not, it's like pressing on me like it is, like maybe it was in the beginning, but it's like, I know that I'm susceptible to it. And I know that if I just have one moment of weakness, one indulgence, then I open the door to maybe never coming back, you know, I don't know. So that's, that's what I'm up. I know that's what I'm up against. And so therefore I take it seriously. And I work at the type of program to honor that, you know, the biggest piece too, for like, especially where I'm at and it's all about, um, giving it away. Like when I first got here, so many people, you know, volunteered so much of their time to help me out and show me a new way to live that now the way I honor that my responsibility is to now, you know, help other people who are just trying to get clean, show them how to do it. You know, whether if it's just something just as simple as like going up to somebody at a meeting, you know, I've done that. This has happened several times recently where, you know, I feel like I'm the newcomer because I'm the new guy in town. Right. And I'm at a meeting, but then there's a guy sitting right next to me. He says that he's got like one day clean and it's his first meeting that he's ever been to. So now it's my honor. It's my duty to, Make him feel welcome and be like, Hey man, I'm glad you're here. You know, here's my number. Give me a call. Like if you need anything, like all that stuff. Right. So it's not, it's no longer about me. You know, it's about helping the still suffering okay, addict. Or alcoholic. And, you know, take a, another tack on this. Yeah, Cause yeah. I, I think this is interesting. Yeah. But we could spend a lot oh, yeah. of time on, you know, how this works and yeah, so yeah. on. And fascinating. We should do that next time. Totally. Focus I'd love you know, to. Could, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I haven't before. I mean, I've had friends and people I know that, have uh, gone the AA and are in recovery yeah. and all that kind of stuff, but I haven't really drilled down on it. And I'm wondering when you talk to these people, do they find um, something's missing in their life that they find, you know, from the traits of freedom advocacy, you know, from being decentralized, from being productive, from being part of a community? Mm. Was it this attitude and all this social justice crap was, you know, partially, uh, in their way from recovering or mm. something. I mean, how much is the state at fault? I mean, I want to put fault somewhere else, but mm. you know, it, it, a lot of times it's just like when you're saying in Eugene, they're going ah, mass mandate uh, vaccine. We're not having meetings anymore. Yeah. You know, where the hell did that come from? You know? Yeah. So I'm wondering, you know, how they having this susceptibility to chemicals, different problems, do they, they see the man as the problem? You know, are they finding mm. solutions in community and different things? You know, and yeah, yeah. is this a target rich environment for the freedom community? Oh yeah, or totally. Kind of. Well, I mean, you know, you might yeah, not yeah. want, you know, an an addict, you know, oh. working on your farm. I mean, no. Hey, I'll know. tell you what, an addict who's clean and like doing it the right way—that's that is the type of person you want working on your farm. Absolutely, like a person who's like like who's really serious about their recovery and making big changes in their life. That is one hundred percent. Twenty bucks to go get hot. Yeah, no, no, no. That's see, that's a person yeah. in that's a person in active addiction. Once they're in recovery and they're they're working a strong, solid program, those are the those are the most hardworking, like industrious people out there. One hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Uh, but uh, it's a good. That's a good, interesting way that you phrase that. Like. Uh, 
and, and you know, there's two different ways to look at addiction. There's like from the clinical perspective uh, and there's like the, 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 the 12 step recovery method, you know what I mean? And then in the, in the clinical setting, they have something called the locus of control, which is like, um, where, where, where do I see the control happening in my life? The external locus of control is placed out here. That means that everything happens to me, right? I am a victim constantly. Like I can't like, as it from an addictions perspective, like I can't get clean because I have a bad childhood or I have, you know, all these criminal charges and I can't get clean, blah, blah, blah. You just blame the outside world, blame everything. Right. And then the internal locus of control is you take responsibility for your actions and then you're able to actually make some change. And so, you know, uh, yeah, I think that both like blue pill people and people in addiction, very like addiction is very much characterized by, uh, just complete denial, complete denial about anything and just blaming the whole world for all your problems and just poor me. I'll never be anything, blah, blah, blah. It just keeps you trapped in that cycle, you know? And, uh, I see the blue pilled people like very much like that same way. Right now, the solution 100%, I think to addiction is, is, is finding community and finding other people who can pick you up and, and help you further, you know, like help you show you how to live again. Like I said, you know what I mean? And so like the solution is absolutely community, you know? And so that's something that I, I kind of took so a lot of what I learned in recovery and applied it to, you know, being kind of like a community leader, like in the freedom cell movement in our little community there in Oregon, you know what I mean? So, uh, well, I'm wondering yeah. what your, your goal is now that you're, you're selling Nashville, you're looking at, Oh my God, I could like, you know, like, make money and stuff yeah, yeah. and support yourself. Yeah. And, you know, this is, this is cool. And then uh, you're doing podcasting yeah. thing and you'll start to get kind of, you'll find like friends. You, you, you probably already are in a freedom cell. You kind of, you know, mm-hmm. hooked up with that. Um, uh, you got some people there that you can you know, you borrow the studio. That's, that's yeah. awesome that you got access to that. Yeah. And, is- um, and then, you know, I mean, it's a laptop and a microphone. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. Still, the, still, uh, this is, this is a nice, nice place. Brian's got here. I got to admit. But you know, really, I had a, a young man, he was 15 and uh, he was a listener to the show back in God, this is like 10, 11 and um, 2010, 2011. And he goes, you know, my parents are going to give me the money to set up my own podcast. Wow. And he goes, I, I just want to, you tell me what to get and I'll get it there. Woo. And I'm like, well, what budget do you have? Yeah. They're like, I didn't ask. So I didn't want to you know, like kill him, you know, but the, um, um, so we did a show, Ian Freeman, uh, from free talk live and LRN, you know, as a network and so on. He and I did a show together and started talking about all the equipment that you need. Well, microphone, this, you, you know, get a, you know, a mixing board that, and it has that, that, and this costs this much. And that, you know, for $500, you could pimp yourself out. Hell for $200, you could do it if you already yeah, had totally. a computer. But the, um, so we did that. And this kid went off and started doing a podcast. I lost track of it and didn't keep up. But he, he went after it, man. And parents were like, Hey, man, he's interested in something rock and roll. So your goal in doing this, making the move, being part of, is this to facilitate some freedom thing that you want to do and be part of, or are you looking for, it's kind of settling down, you know, start to be a pillar in your community, find a, you know, hook me up, find me the right woman. You know, I need one with wide hips that breeds babies. I mean, you know, you know, whatever. I mean, what's your criteria, you know, going into the future, what would please Scott? What would Mm. Scott like to 
have in his life in the next couple of years? No, Ernie, thanks, man. That's a great question. Man, I, I so my goal is to probably get some land outside of the city, uh, just start living that, like, you know, decentralized, you know, self-reliant life. Um, I would love to find a wife and maybe crank out some kids, do that whole thing. Uh, and, I, you know, my goal ultimately is to be able to do the podcasting full time. Honestly, I want to be able to make a comfortable living just to being able to do that. I've got a few different types of ways that I've monetized the podcast. And it's just a matter of just kind of just being consistent and just keeping on growing. You know what I mean? It's something that I don't ever plan on not doing. So, uh, you know, you I'm, I'll do it. let me know and then I'll do it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, see, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. Well, see, my thing is, is I, I've been a street activist. Yeah. I was never, my goal was not to be a talk show host. Yeah. How it happened in 03, I, you know, uh, been all over stations in the Valley in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And um, how it started was when we were going, it was right, it was February of 03, before we, March is when we went into Iraq. And um, I had just sold my restaurant and they had some, supporters, you know, the sponsors of, you know, Libertarian Party kind of donating, you know, me doing, you know, a county chairman of Maricopa County Libertarian Party and, you know, ran for office a lot and everything. They said, Ernie, we'll sponsor. If you can find a spot on the radio somewhere, we'll sponsor. Somebody's got to be anti-war. There is, and they were Quakers. You know, they were, you know, the older retired couple and that, you know, they, God, what they give it? God, it was probably thirty something thousand dollars to wow. sponsor and to pay this, do this, and do that, and kind of you know to get it going. And we thought that was only going to be for you know, God, I think it was thirteen week contract. Uh, it had a morning show that we sponsored, so it was not really a paid thing, but it was had to have a sponsor to kind of you know that's what mm-hmm. got me the gig. And I just let people know because I'd been on a lot of different stations and shows for politics. And they already knew I could blather away, you know? And I go, um, uh, we need to get a show. You guys let me know. And all of a sudden one of the stations called me and said, one of their morning show guy had just got sick or died or something. Mm. And, uh, they had the board op was just kind of filling time and he really sucked. So they go, Hey man, you know, he's got a sponsor. You can come over here and do it. it can't be worse than him. So I went and all of a sudden the phones lighted up. Man. I mean, it just boom. And then I just been, I went from this station to this station you know, not having to pay to getting paid to getting paid more to going. And the thing was, is that by that time we had everything that we had done in MP3 MP. What, what the hell is that? I mean, you know, back in Oh three, you know, what the hell is that? So we had everything online and we were doing that and we could see that our traffic was more than what they were getting all freaked out about on the size of the audience with Arbitron ratings. They're going, and I go, Ooh, you got a so-and-so share. Blah, 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 blah. I go, okay, what does that mean? Well, that means you got, you know, 5,000, 10,000, the people that kind of doing the have now going, I had that many downloads today. That's what you guys are freaking out about. Mm-mm. Oh my God. What the hell are you guys good for? You know? Yeah. So I could see that the internet and what you're doing could have a big impact. Now everybody wants to do it. It's like in, um, when they, the Soviet Union fell, I remember this statistic. They would go to high school students and they go, well, what do you want to be? Oh, I want to be a, a, a hard cash, uh, full cash foreign currency prostitute. I want to be a hooker. Woo, they make the real money, you know? That didn't even bother them. They are just kind of, yeah, I'm kind of cute. I got some cleavage. I'm 16. Give me some money. And I'm going, damn, well, the same thing has happened here. Yeah. It's a YouTuber influencer. Yeah. I want to shake my ass on TikTok. And you go, who the hell would want to do that? And I'm going, 
Damn. So somebody now, instead of just, I want to have subscribers to actually be in the freedom movement and want to advocate for freedom, push for freedom, support freedom, doing that kind of stuff. There's a big opening for that because yeah. there's not that many of that. Yeah. What they want is just attention subscribers and pick me. And then God forbid you're playing video games. You become PewDiePie and you got an opinion about some political thing. Then you get shot. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, you're totally. not allowed to have a political opinion. No. So that's the power of this kind of stuff. And a good example, there's a, a movie I suggest it's called um, the U S versus John Lennon. And it was all about the Nixon administration and how here's a guy that had big influence. He's a Beatle, And he just come out and say, give peace a chance. Oh, enemy of the state. Got to get him deported. Hell no. We got wars to fight. See my point. Yeah. yeah. There were a lot of people they want to talk about and they're sitting there showing their Cleveland, how they did their nails and, you know, look at my, you know, selfie shot of a get the right angle kind of crap or somebody that actually has something to say and experience with things to do, you know, like you. So this is why I know you're going to be successful. I know you're going to have a big impact on people just doing your, you know, double A, your AA meetings and so on, having this kind of impact on people. You're experienced with that. That's exactly what they don't want you to do. Yeah. You know, this is, so I suggest that you research and do what you're doing. Same stuff, throw it all up on everywhere. What the hell? But really focus in and keep paying attention. I'll keep you in mind on having it to where your valuable content stays. Yeah. It doesn't go away. It's not demonetized, deplatformed, D, 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 D. And even going on Patreon or Rockfin or all these others, GoFundMes, you know, the whatever the hell, they're going away. They've demonstrated whenever they want to get rid of you, yep. they get rid of you yep. because they can. And I feel you got a, you got a future. And when you figure it out, let me know. I will. Heck yeah. But I haven't focused on even subscription rate. We're just probably by the end of the summer, we're going to be really hammering on um, uh, a lot of services that we have on Freedom's Phoenix. And there's a lot of stuff. I want to show you this before you go because I'd really like you to uh, follow along here because I want you to have uh, exposure to this. Okay. Uh, Now, of course, Pirates, man, that's all awesome and cool. But um, if you go down to the bottom on Freedom's Phoenix, way down here in this window, okay? Yeah. On the right here, it says tutorials, list of tutorials. Now, this is like a decade old. I mean, you know, because we've been doing kind of the same stuff for a long time. But the top one right here, Freedom's Phoenix tutorial, you watch this 10-minute video or so on all of the features and everything on Freedom's Phoenix. Mm. And I go through, you know, every single button. What does this do? What does this do? What does this do? What does this do? We go through the whole thing. This is an enormously powerful site that we have not made full use of because of the ability to take the traffic. Mm. Because that's where the IPFS and Coral, but just other stuff where it's decentralized. Because if you're doing a lot of video or something like that, this is the problem that uh, Float's going to have is that what they do is they go into uh, getting a lot of attention and then all of a sudden they can't handle the traffic. Okay. How are you going to support all the content providers doing video and compete with YouTube? 
just in the just on you know the bandwidth to be able to well if you have the people or the internet yeah you know you have your own nodes then you can compete with them the ipfs the more that access it the faster it goes that's how it works wow. so i'm going so i've been you know with uh, patrick smith and mm-hmm. chuck and alex and i'm just beating them over the head and you know and you know aaron and kangaroo i mean i've just been a real dick for the past couple of years on this going look man when you do and they're starting to get to that point okay so this is why i want to make sure guys like you start to at least like what corbett's always going on about keep your mp4s in a file have yeah. them ready to go over to somewhere or Raymer take them and put them in a forever archive that then they put in the you know other stuff mm-hmm. because when it matters the most they're going to try and uh, make it where it's not available. Yeah. When you do these guys, you've already experienced it. You yeah. start having good videos. What happened? They're the ones that are, you know, demonetized, deplatformed the first. And if you make a bunch of them, they get your ass off the internet. Cause damn it. We don't like, you know, good looking up there, Scott with the pretty eyes, you know, and the, and uh, all the babes coming in and kind of, hell no, you're not allowed. See <laughs> yeah. My point? yeah. Yeah. And oh yeah. You're rocking that beard, man. I mean, you know, you're, you're looking good. Oh, oh pretty, pretty straight teeth. And you got it all going for you. Oh, you're boy. an influencer in the waiting. Oh, boy. But don't make it easy on them. Mm. I'm telling you, man, I can see it coming. You know, that's why we've been working so hard on this. And, get, and I think we're, I, I would certainly by the end of the year, you know, everybody's, oh, another month, which means five. I mean, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, by the end of the summer, I'm thinking we're going to start really pushing subscription and making Freedom's Phoenix. You go watch that tutorial, you'll see what I'm talking about. You go, okay. damn, I did not see that one. Yeah. Well, I it's subscribed like, to your newsletter. I just, you know, and I listen to your show and it's like, oh, periodically. And I'm like, oh, okay. Watch the tutorial yeah. and you'll see yeah. where we're okay. going. Okay. This is, you know, we, because we turned it on in 09. We started doing it. And it just overwhelmed us. Yeah. We went, whoa. Then you got the DDoSs. Then you got the guys that don't, you know, then we did our Arab Spring thing. And I'm going, okay, I get it. Yeah. If they can, they will stop it. And when they're going to stop it, when we're effective. Yeah. And that was what was so powerful about the Ron Paul Revolution. It wasn't centralized. Everybody's like, oh, Ernie, you can do this and copyright the logo and do it. Russell Brand stole your logo. I mean, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. Yeah. You know, I'm going, yeah, here's $20. I mean, I don't give a crap. Yeah. You know, the thing was, is that because it was decentralized, nobody was in charge because nobody was in charge. Everybody was. So there was no permission slip. There was no, can I do that? Anytime anybody contact, yep, here's the logo. Here's the stuff. This is what we're doing. This is how, here's the instruction. RonPaulRevolution.com. It was all about how to make signs. Well, what's the philosophy and the issues? I don't care. Talk to Ron about that. We're not about that. We're about keeping them up on that podium. That was my goal. Mm. How long can we keep them up on that podium? To almost the end, twice. Ha! In your face. So this is, that's my goal, is to keep you on the podium for as long as I can. And that is why I'm doing this. For the same reason I did it for Ron, we're doing this for people exactly like you. Mm. And if you don't see that, I can't help you. Yeah. No, that's that's absolutely so beautiful, man. And I, I just, uh, you know, honestly, let me know if there's anything I can do to help and support your guys' efforts. You know what I mean? Like, if you ever need anything, like, I have minor technical skills, but nothing like anything that you probably would need. But, like, just anything, man. Like, if you need a platform to get the word out, anything, man, like, I'm down to help the cause 100%.
I think you need to have me on your show. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm down. I'm down. Go ahead and you know contact with Donna. You got her stuff. Yeah, awesome. And uh, you know, and I'll be more available uh, after this next week. Perfect. That's that's great. That's great. You know, this is awesome. Go ahead and give out your web pages and where you need people to go and hang out with. Ernie, man, I just can't thank you enough, man. This is such an honor and a pleasure to be on with you, man. It's so cool. Um, yeah, man, I'm rebunk.news. That's the website. There's links to everything. Um, yeah, telegram t.me forward slash rebunk pod is the best way to stay up to date with the show at this point. That's probably where you're going to get the most current drops about, uh, you know, upcoming live streams or episodes, memes, articles, all that good stuff. And uh, you can comment in the chats. I'm usually pretty responsive in there. So if you need to get a hold of me, just comment on one of the posts and we'll go from there. So yeah, thank you so much. Rebunk.news. So, that's it. You know what it is? Dot that's news. it. Rebunk.news. There's a whole bunch of dots now, man. I got, I saw yeah. dot church and dot yeah. this and dot that. Yeah. I'm going to dot Ernie, man. I'm gonna, you'll, there you go. The, um, this has been great. I'm, I think we started, we, we kind of, you know, brought it all around together. And uh, your move and what uh, you're doing and your history and, you know, the, the usefulness that you're going to have to the people there in Tennessee. And I'm, and that's one thing, you know, um, I keep getting drug into national and I always wanted to, you know, keep it local in Arizona and Phoenix and my family and kind you know, but every time we do something and it just always hit now and I keep trying to bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. And, um, you know, everybody's always wanting to be national, international of whatever the hell. And I'm going, yeah, the internet kind of does that, but all my activism and focus, you know, should be local wherever the hell it is that I'm at. So it's going to be a lot of Washington, you know, during the summer, mm-hmm. but uh, and then, you know, uh, we got new England friends and so on, but it definitely, I got 12 grandkids and four kids and some pet dogs all over the place in Arizona. Okay. Yeah. So it's going to be an Arizona thing, but we can help each other yeah. by being an example or demonstrating what we've been able to accomplish locally and being a fresh guy getting there with your AA meetings, going, you know, the freedom cells, starting, you know, uh, meet new people, you know, being a productive handyman of kicking ass there, uh, your podcasting and so on. I'm going, man, I'm going to be wanting to hear about some Scott Armstrong there you go. in Tennessee. There you and go. Whatever you need from us to help. And I won't forget you. And uh, American Vagabond, he needs to like get his crap straight and be all decentralized too. You yeah. Know? So we're going to be demonstrating that. We're going to be hooking up. We already done Corbett. We're going to be kind of you know, massaging that a little bit. And Sam Tripoli. Cool. So, you know, with Corbett, me, and Tripoli, you know, Corbett, me, and Tripoli. I mean, you know, you yeah. do that. You that's that's going to be a good example for people like you yeah. to take on this web three point kiss my ass yeah, yeah. because I can see this is where it's going. Totally. It has to, it yeah. has to, there's no stopping what well, we're freedom's the answer. What's the question? Yep. And they, them, those man are not digging it. Yep. So they got to do something. So it has to be all of us decentralized that so they can just, uh, yeah, suck exactly it. where I'm at. Yeah. I'm down for the cause Ernie. anything you need. I'm ready to ride. Peace brother. Thanks Peace, for brother. coming on. This was awesome. I really enjoyed it. You know, and I want to make sure that you are always, you know, doing what feels good to you and, and the people that you're helping. And I'm very honored that you uh, agreed to come on and we had such a good conversation. Amazing friend. Scott Armstrong. Thanks, brother. Hey. Thanks, Ernie. Don't stop
There we go. And that's another thing. I want to play whatever fucking music I want. <laughs> do whatever yeah. the hell I get. Movie clips and everything. Yeah. When I finally get this done, I'm going to movie clip the shit out of it. And they kiss my ass because I am not going to be able to be on any platform with much copyright bullshit I'm going to do. That's great. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. You know, that was one of my big motivations. When I started YouTube, I'd use a lot of, um, um, you know, rejoiners and, you know, stuff that I have, a lot of music, you know, Boston Queen and Led Zeppelin and yeah. Def Leppard and whatever. And I really enjoyed it. And I you know, play with it, you know, do all kinds of stuff and have certain ones that, you know, apply for whatever I was talking about and coming back. And um, the YouTube, oh, you're not you know, back when that started, you know, and I go, nope. Fuck you. I'm not going to take an ice cream scoop out of my cortex of what I'm not allowed to think about, you know? Just fuck it. So this is why, you know, there's a lot of motivations for me doing this. And I've been heavy on this decentralized internet thing, you know, for like ever. 